Blog Talk Radio. Real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real, real. Homie hey. gon' recognize, still, still. I reckon I will. Like we always do with this time. I go for mine, I get to shine. Now throw your hands up in the sky. Welcome to the KIRP Radio Show. I'm your host, Pudgy WMMG, home of the KIRP Radio Show. And we are back for another Sunday of Guaranteed, Keeping It Real, talk radio from the black, social, political, nonsense, crazy, emphatic, any other thing, any other thing you can put with it, radio show, man. This is what we do, y'all. Every Sunday right here, 8 o'clock, we bring it to you live, man, and we hold no punches. Shout out to everybody who listens to the radio show via Washington State. Still with you, baby. Not on the radio out there anymore. No control over people. Shout out to everybody who still listens via online. We are guaranteed have not lost any fans out there, and I really appreciate everybody rocking with me. 
sticking to me. Even even shout out to the guys from radio station over there, man. I can't call you call letters anymore because of my new affiliates, but it is what it is. So shout out to everybody listening, man. I really appreciate the love and support. I know a lot of y'all out there right now probably watching the game, and that's cool. But turn the game down, turn the turn your radios up if you're listening in Burlington, North Carolina, or if you're listening online or via phone. Turn it up, man. You know we got a lot to talk about tonight, man. We got a special, special, very special guest that we're going to have on the show just a little bit later by the name of Sonny Johnson, a.k.a. Star Johnson, who does something very beautiful out there for the whole wide world, Uh, motivational speaker, political activist, social activist, human rights activist, you name it, she does it, and she holds it down for everybody out there, man, definitely for the black community and for all communities, also a Tea Party speaker, Uh, man, you name it, you know, Sonny does it all, also a poet, you know what I'm saying, so Everybody, you know, all the ladies out there, it's your turn to get your shine on. And, you know, I had the fellas on last weekend. Shout out to my man K. Hill, a.k.a. Kelvin Hill. You know, hip-hop enthusiast, hip-hop great icon out there doing his thing. Also, shout out to my man Rap Scal, holding it down in South Kakalaki, you know, doing his thing over there. Always come through. Great music out of that, man. And I also got to give a special shout out to my man, Mr. Mo. Hamid, you know, a.k.a. Toilet the God. That's what they used to call him in the rap world, baby. But now he does some beautiful things out there, motivational speaking. He's an educator. You know, he does a lot of things for the community out there. I, I believe he lives in Tennessee now, but he always bring it back home to Wilson, N.C., man, and talk to the kids out there. So got to give a shout-out to those gentlemen for coming on last week. If you didn't catch that, fellas, ladies, everybody, if you did not catch that show, you need to mosey on over to KIRPRadioshow.com. Scroll down just a little bit past Sunny and check it out. Click on the picture or go to past episodes, man. Check the past episodes out and you can listen to that show and check out what we were talking about, man. We had a good time on that show. We, I felt like we broke some barriers. We talked about some things that were kind of unpopular. You know, uh, right now, there's a big debate on the table with all the political candidates, all the presidential candidates. Right now, they're talking about legalization. And uh, when we say legalization, we're talking about the ganja or the green. Some people call it the green. Some people call it weed, the ganja. You call it what you want. But right now, we're talking about legalization of of, uh, drugs. Actually, on the platform of the presidential debate, they're talking about legalization of all drugs. So, I, you know, like Ron Paul said, I... You know, on on one hand, you know, they asked him the question, uh, you know, how do you feel about legalization of drugs or or, or minor drug controlled substances, for example, uh, heroin? And uh, he said something quite kind of cocky. You know, he said it kind of cocky, but it it made good common sense. I don't know if it makes good social sense, but he said uh, if you legalize heroin today, he doesn't feel like people would just run to the store or wherever you would go to buy heroin just because it's legal now. You know what I mean? Um, in his mind, according to the words that he spoke, in his mind, the heroin users will always be the heroin users, but by legalizing it, you can tax it and make revenue off it, and that would take the power out of the drug dealer's hands. Um, I think that's what he was trying to say. That's what it sounds like he was trying to say, and I think I'm pretty right on point. Um, but, you know, it made sense what he said. You know, folks wouldn't run to drugs just because, just because they became legal. But on another hand, I think a lot of folks would run to drugs. But anyway, you know, what we were talking about last week, you know, that was one thing. And I think one of the guests said last week, they said, well, and, and if I'm not mistaken, that was my man Rapscow, rapper down in South Carolina. Rapscow was saying that, you know, 
just because drugs are legal, that doesn't mean that employers are going to legalize it. That doesn't mean that employers are going to excuse your dirty drug test. You know what I mean? So um, I agree with that. You know what I mean? If they legalize drugs today, that doesn't mean your job is going to give you the pass automatic. That doesn't mean you can go apply for the job and automatically, uh, yeah, well, I'm on heroin, but, you know, I'm, I'm quite suitable for working this job. Ah, you can cancel that. You'll never get a job at a hospital on heroin, on crack, whatever. So anyway, you know, that was just a few things that we were talking about. And, you know, some of the questions that we went over were some of the things that the presidential candidates are talking about in their debates today. Um, shout out to all my peoples out there, man. I'm looking at a text right now. Shout out to my peoples out on the West Coast, California. You in the house, baby. Soundclick.com, North Kakalaki, Charlotte, North Carolina, to Trinita King, and my man AJ King out there. And shout out to all you folks out there at soundchew.com and my people on the West Coast holding it down for WMMG, home of the KRRP radio show. We're doing it real big, folks, right now. We're looking at, uh, you know, let me uh, brush my shoulders off real quick. Didn't Barack say let him brush his shoulders off for the haters or something? Let me brush my shoulders off real quick because we right now sitting at over 135,000 listeners strong. Over 135 listeners strong, man. We started out in November, in uh, late October, November, and here we are now. You know what I mean? So, man, I I, I think that's something special, you know, to start from nothing. I, I guess I somewhat had, I guess I kind of cheated because I did have a rap following well over 100,000, probably well over a million, but, you know, dealing with Bone Thugs and Harmony and G-Unit and a couple of other labels out there, Sony and a couple songs for Bad Boy. And, you know, I've been doing my thing, too, on the low low. You know, trying to get a little bit of paper here and there, trying to pave a way, create a way. And uh, as I go around speaking to a lot of people, that's what I say. Let's create a way. Let's do our thing. Let's make a way for ourselves. But I guess I kind of cheated a little bit because I did have some fans from there, a couple of the boards. I've been going online, and I've seen where a couple of the boards, you know, from the rap community has taken in the show, and they show a lot of love, and they listen to the show, and that's cool. And I really appreciate that. So, you know, it, it makes me feel good. Maybe Maybe we're doing something right you know what i mean but if we only had one or two listeners every sunday i wouldn't even mind i would still keep doing this show because that would mean one or two people are kept informed and one or two people would be enlightened and i hope that they would share the enlightenment that they get from this show or the conversation piece that they get from the show i hope that they would take it to the facebooks and the twitters and the MySpaces and the other social boards or to the water cooler even to the playground to the park you know what i mean um to the break room the lunch area whatever to the dorms, you know what I'm saying? So I really appreciate people listening to the show, man, because what we talk about is universal. You know what I mean? We don't we don't come on the show with a certain specific agenda saying that, you know, we're going to try to convert people to Republicans. We're going to try to convert people to Democrats. We're going to try to convert people to independent. Well, that might be a lie because I wish everybody was independent, so to speak. But, uh, you know, we know that's not the truth. Everybody will not be independent. But anyway... You know, that that's not what we set out to do, man. We we actually set out to empower people and keep people informed and to talk about some of the issues that they wouldn't talk about normally, you know, to put a different thought in your head other than some of the nonsense. Because truth be told, every day of, of your life, you know, you, you walk by and you talk to the, some of the same people because you got to go to work and you pass the same people on your way to work in the store and, you know, your family members and this, that, and the third. And sometimes, man, your conversations become so ridiculous i mean you end up talking about nothing for the sake of carrying on the conversation so you know when we come on this show we try to 
talk about some of the current events and talk about some things that's going to affect our community and how we can live a little bit more positive each and every day. You know what I mean? It takes a lot of prayer. It takes a whole lot of, of, of self-responsibility and, uh, you know, a whole lot of truth within yourself. So, you know, that's that's what we do, man. So shout out to everybody who listens to the show, all the folks who call in. You don't have to talk. Just call in, listen, and, and you know, get a little bit of what we're talking about. I might piss you off enough to send an email, or sometimes I piss people off enough to finally pick up the phone and call in and, you know, make a couple comments here and there. So anyway, uh, if you're just logging on to the show, we about to get the party started here in just a few minutes, man. Tonight we're talking about hip-hop. Started out in the park. You know what I mean? But anyway, we're talking about hip-hop, how it affects the community, the good versus the bad of hip-hop. Does hip-hop really represent us? You know what I mean? Does hip-hop really represent the community? Because music is so strong right now. Everybody just, everybody is doing music out of their homes, out of their house. Everybody's in the studio. I met one guy when I was on tour, and him and his mom was a rapper. I thought it was a joke, but he was serious. He was like, yeah, here's my demo. Here's my mom's demo. So everybody's doing music today. You know what I mean? And, and it is what it is, man. You just, you just got to love it. You got to keep it moving. And, you know, so we want to know if, if music is really representing us anymore. Is music positive? And how does hip-hop represent the communities today? You know what I mean? Are, are these guys really saying something in these songs that should be pushed to the forefront? Should, 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 should the political figures really be shunning hip-hop and, and really don't want anything to do with it? It seems that a few hip-hop figures are accepted and when, when you start talking about politics or voting or the community, they always go to the same personalities. And normally it's the, uh, the hip-hoppers who are, doing, who are doing the best for themselves. And sometimes it's, it's the ones that could represent us the worst, you know, uh, so far speaking about what's going on in, in the community. Because all hip-hop is, hip-hop is not good. All music is not good. Some of the artists are just merely artists. They don't really know what's going on. They just make songs which relevant to their lives. But even then, I believe that some of that music has to has to be pushed to the forefront so we can so all people can really understand what's going on in the lives of each and every personality out there. If you're just listening to the show, it's WMMG, home of the KRP radio show. The number is 619-638-8559. If you got a Facebook Hit us up on the Facebook. That's Facebook.com slash K-I-R-P Radio Show. You can hit me up on Twitter at symbol K-I-R-P Radio Show or at symbol NC Pudgy. Go ahead and click that ad, man. Add us up. We're getting people fast. Also, you can log on to the website to listen to the show. That's www.K-I-R-P-RadioShow.com. We're going to a commercial, then we're going to be right back in just a second. In the 9 o'clock hour or quarter till 9 or 8.30, I don't know when it's going down, but we're going to bring a special guest on here, Sonny Johnson. So, so we can talk about Hey, it's, if it's Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. and you got nothing to do, I want you to make some time. 
Grab your slippers, get your robe on, get some comfortable clothes on, leave your rollers in your hair, and get cozy, real cozy, with a drink in your computer. If you've ever been to a coffee shop before, this is a coffee shop you've never seen before right in the comfort of your own home. Late Night Mike, every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m., starring your host, Katrina Watkins, poet extraordinaire, and the host, Act Right, my man, holds it down. The purely poetic Late Night Mike poetry show. Hey, if you wanted some good poetry in your life, make sure you log on to www.blogtalkradio.com backslash purely dash poetic. You're listening to WMMG, home of the KIRP radio show, baby. We are now 100,000 listeners strong, and it's all because of you. If you want more information about KIRP radio show, hit us up online. You can visit the website at www.kirpradioshow.com. Again, that's www.kirpradioshow.com. If you're logging online and you're on some social sites, make sure you hit us up and like our page on Facebook. That's facebook.com backslash KIRP Radio Show. Add yourself to the page. You can leave a comment. You can talk about the topics, and we'll try our best to get them all and read them off on the show. And if you're also on Twitter, send us a tweet at symbol KIRP Radio Show, and you can hit up the host, and that's me, that's Pudgy, at symbol NC Pudgy. Like I said, we are now over 100,000 listeners strong, and it's all because of you, baby. We started out November 28th, 2010, and now we're taking it through 2011 and beyond. We are the KIRP Radio Show, and if you don't know what that stands for, that's keeping it real with Pudgy, baby. If you want more information about emailing, or you want information about advertising, or you want to know where we're going to be here and there, hit us up, Radio at gmail.com, or WMMG. 500 at gmail.com and someone will get back to you as soon as possible. Like I said, it's all because of you, baby. 100,000 listeners strong and we're going on from here. I appreciate you and one love. You know what I mean? So, it is what it is, man. Shout out to all the ladies out there. You know, got to show some love because we got a very powerful lady on this show today. A very beautiful lady uh, in in more than one way. You know what I mean? Um, Sunny is is a very extraordinary person. Um, to me, to, she, she brings personality to the room. Um, I don't think I've ever met anyone that knows more history than Sunny. <laughs> I could definitely say that, especially not more black history. So it's exciting when you talk to her, especially when you learn something new. And uh, 
you know, if you get on the phone with Sonny and you start discussing this, man, you think you got one up. You're like, okay, check this out, Sonny. I just learned this, that, and the other, and the other, and then she'll be like, that's right, because I read a book that says this, and I talked to the person that did that, and it, you know what I mean? So it's, it's crazy, man. You know, Sonny is, is a very, very, very beautiful person in more than one way. Like I said before, man, very extraordinary woman. Uh, her passion for showing folks love stands beyond measure. You know what I mean? It, it, uh, it, it I don't, I don't even know. It, it blows me away to really think about where she's headed. And, uh, I think she's just really at the tip of the iceberg now. She's done so much already. You know what I mean? She's done so much for speaking to folks and making folks understand exactly where, what we represent as a, as a, as black people in general, you know, where we are, where we possibly need to be going and uh, where we came from, you know what I mean? And I know I'm not talking about for the sake of, you know, going back to Africa and, and I'm not going back that far. I'm just talking about where we are as a people today in America, how we live and some of the things that we need to accomplish and some of the things that we need to overcome. But also you got to know talking to Sonny that she doesn't excuse anybody. And uh, I think that's something that a lot of us need to work on. I Even myself, I think that's, that's some things that I need to work on myself so far as not excusing anyone, um, doing right by everybody. And when I, when I say doing right, I mean even giving the folks who can't talk, who talk uneducated, who live uneducated, and who are uneducated, who have full Negro dialect, uh, which is the, the name of her website, full, fullnegrodialect.com. Um, who has full Negro dialect and, and, you know, who are just not educated. Sonny says, you know, you give those folks a chance and let them shine and let them folks tell you what what, what it feels like to walk in their shoes. So that's what we're going to have on the show upcoming here in the next 30, 45 minutes, Sonny and beyond. And now uh, she's going to break some things down and talk about where we are today as a community and where we are as a whole. We got a call out of the 252 that was on before the queue, so I'm going to get the call in before I run down these current events. Uh, two five two, you're on the line. Call it. I got a few two five twos. Uh, seven forty eight, you're on the line. Who's this? This is Keisha. What's up, Keisha? What up? What up, Keisha? Been listening to us since almost the first show. What's going on with you, love? Nothing. I'm all the way back from the ATL. Uh oh. You in the car right now, driving? <laughs> yeah. On, with huh? your cell phone on? Yeah. I hope you got. I hope you got it on speaker. You're not holding the phone to your ear, right? No, I'm not. All right. Cool. We don't want you to get a ticket. That's not, I mean, is it legal in North Carolina yet? Is it illegal? I, if I you know was? what? Yeah, I see enough police on their phone, so it can't be illegal yet. No, nah, it can't be because the cops stay on the phone. Yeah, they stay on their phone. Holding the phone to their ear, so it can't be um, legal yet. Keish, I see the cops leaning. I see them leaning in the cop car like they in a hoopty, chilling. <laughs> leaning on the left with the cell phone on, with the ice grill, like, what you looking at? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They, Crazy. Do, they do that in Wilson. They do that in Wilson, too. <laughs> hey. So what's on your mind, Keith, while you driving down the I-85? I don't know. We may be on 95. I don't know. What side are you coming up? No, no. Actually, I'm, I'm on 40 now. Um, I already came through 85. Doing it. <laughs> I hear that. Don't say it's on the air, though. <laughs> Hey, don't, they don't, don't know what I'm driving. Yeah, we don't want you to convict yourself. You know what I mean? They might mail you a ticket like I just got from D.C. Shout out to D.C., man. Shout out to Washington for sending me those two tickets. You know, appreciate Did you that. Did uh, a red light? No, I didn't run a red light, man. I was trying to get to a convention. I was trying to do something positive, and they sent me a photo ticket. Nice, pretty little photo ticket, too, with the picture of the whip, the tag and all that. 
and they asked me if I oh, wanted yeah, to see definitely. some more. They had those for me too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, nah, that one's That's good enough. Yeah, I'm just listening to the show on the way home. That's all. Well, listen, what do you think about hip hop representing us today as a culture, like it used to represent us? Well, like you said, like it used to. That's what I was just talking. My husband and I was talking to our kids about that the other day, saying um, how we grew up listening to eight track tapes and cassette tapes. Wow. And they were like, hmm, what's that? <laughs> yeah, it's not a CD. It's not an MP3 player or anything like that anymore. So I, I think um, I hate that people still blame hip-hop on crimes that people commit because the rappers that's out here rapping are not selling you to go hold a gun to nobody's head and rob them or kill them. Mm. I hate that. I mean, and then I think it's also you being a product of your environment. I mean, my kids listen to music when we're in the car, but they know how far to go and if they don't understand they ask they, if that's right, they know right from wrong, they don't they ask questions if they don't understand, well mommy, why did he say that or what did what why did he say this or why did he say that? But now my kids are, are they can listen to any genre of music but right now they they into like some of the old so for that I'm but it's I mean, it's not where it used to be and it's it's only gonna get worse because it's not catering to us anymore as a whole. It's just you know, it's to everybody else. It's not directly for us. You know that that's I don't that's think a, anyway. that's, I you know I think I think that's a true statement because it seems like music today is more pop than it is hip hop. But look, also okay, check this out though. Do you think that the music that's out, even for good or bad, do you think it should be uh, pushed to the forefront? Do you think it should be dissected? And if people should really listen to, you know, what's going on in the content of the music for what it stands for. Some of the songs, yeah, but every day, um, and I'm not bashing this song, but racks on racks on racks, I'm I'm ready to go make me a song. <laughs> I mean, I think when you when I mean I know it's it's for the the kids. More kids are coming out with music now than like the old school bands and the, the stuff that we listened to when we was in high school and growing up. It's more catered to the younger kids, but I mean, most of the people who make those like songs are only going to be like one hit wonders because. They're going to make music out or make their little money off that song and their, their career is over because they don't know the history of it. I mean, the, to go back and say, well, I like Miles Davis because of what? Why do you like Miles Davis? What did Miles Davis music, if you listen to it, what point did you get out of it? Did he, was he making a point? Was he trying to get something across to you or was he just blowing the horn? You know, what was he doing to you for you to understand where he's coming from? And I think a lot of people, they just make songs because it's, it's quick money. They they got a, a quick hit that somebody's gonna listen to. They know they're gonna make money off of. It if they find the right producer or whoever puffy to come look at it, listen to it, then they're good. But not really getting into the history of making a point for the song. Right. I mean, I, I went don't... to um, I went to a racetrack down in Fayetteville, down to um, and it was this guy from Florida. Uh huh. He looked like a straight bum. He's, I mean, looking nappy, T-shirt off, boxes showing, shorts hanging below his waist. But when he started flowing, it was like, oh, wow, this dude is he, he hot. Because everything he's saying, he's talking about his life, living in poverty, not knowing where his next meal coming from, not understanding why he can't get assistance with this or with that, why his community is lacking the way they're doing, why he's seeing killings every day. And I was like, okay, his CD, I mean, 
without the cussing, and his CD was hot. <laughs> I mean, wow. that's something. It's not that I can I can relate to that because some of the things I didn't have to go through in life, but yeah, I understand right. it, and I understood that his his pain, right? That he expressed in his music. I mean, if you're doing that, then it's fine. If you coming up with some old BS, so I want to hear it. I think that's most. Of, I think that's most of us who are over the age. You know what? I can't even put an age on it because. All right. First of all, let me say this: respect to any MC, any singer, any artist out there. Because, like I said in my last mixtape I made, I was like, I really had to check myself because I was. I think I was being disrespectful to people expressing their art, for good or bad, um, whack or whatever you want to call it. If it's bad, it's just bad. Okay, bad music is bad music. If you have no talent. It is what it is, but a lot of people like to express themselves, and that's cool. So I had to check myself about saying what was whack and what was not. I just say, you know, that's not for me. But so shout out okay, to everybody I mean, who, I, I who can get money. I agree with you on that. One. I agree with you on that. Yeah, but I mean, whack is whack. I mean, let's let's keep it one hundred. Let's keep it real with Pudgy. I mean, listen. Yeah, man, I mean, yeah, all this, really. All this music is not good. It, it's just not. No, and, and all of it's not good. All, all of it has no point. I mean, you you get some of it that has a point, or if it has a nice beat, I might you know. If I if I don't like the song for what they're saying and the beat is good, I can listen to the beat and just bop my own head and make my own music. But I mean, like you said, it is what it is. If it's whack, it's whack. Well, uh, all right. Speaking from from a political perspective, right? Because this is something that Sonny's going to be breaking down in the next thirty minutes through the next hour um, or through the rest of the show. When you listen to somebody like Jay Z, Jay Z is almost iconic. When it no, he is iconic. When you start talking about hip hop, whether you like him or not, he's almost the spokesman for any MC out there to the other side of the world, to people who don't know what hip hop stands for. When when 60 Minutes needs an interview, uh, a lot of times they will go to people like Jay Z. And uh, when you get that kind of power, it's almost like whatever you say goes. You know what I mean? But right. I think I think a lot of things get twisted because people listen to. And, and I'm referring to the Common incident when folks are talking about Common's lyrics and, you know, when he wowed out for a minute on one CD. And Common did wild out. He was different from, you know, how he came. But at the same time, he was still expressing what was going on out in the community. Do you feel like hip-hop is taken advantage of? I mean, do you, do you think that the news and the media and the political sector is really paying attention to hip-hop and going, this is what he's talking about when he says this or when he says that? How can they do a better job of that? In your mind, I don't. I don't know because it's, it's everybody's gonna perceive something different. I mean, for common, and you know the thing that, that I look at with him doing that, he did it because he was proving the point. And that point was that, that he proved was that he was gonna get your attention by what he was saying, whether you wanted to hear it or not. And to say that he was just crazy or that's not him or whatever, no. Hello. Oh, we here. Go ahead. Uh, okay, I thought, I thought my phone had dropped the call, but I mean, he he was expressing himself, and yeah, like you said, he wowed out. He did, but look where it went to. He even went to the White House with them talking about, you know, his lyrics being gangster rap and all. So like, Common is not a gangster rapper. Common Common is far from a gangster rapper. He he started off in the beginning trying to be a gangster rapper. He realized from the beginning that wasn't him. Right. And he took it to a level where he was making sense and making you think, like, hmm, this is stuff, this stuff that he's rapping about is, is the truth. It's real. So for but him to do what he did, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think I don't, I don't know where to commend whether to commend him or what, but 
he, he proved the point where he got attention in the White House of people to say, oh, you know, Nancy Gray's talking about him. Everybody's talking about he's a gangster rapper. He's going to have kids going out doing this and doing No, he's not. I mean, and if you look at it, if the people who really live in poverty, the people who don't live every day above their means, that's something they can relate to. They understood where he was coming from. And those people that in the political office, unless you live that lifestyle that's beneath you, that you consider beneath you, you'll never understand it. I, I can't I can't go out and say I, I lived in your neighborhood and understood what you what you had to go through, Pudgy, because, I, you know, that's the same thing with me. I didn't come from that neighborhood. I mean, I can relate to it right. because I hate to see anybody have to struggle and go through anything, but I can't go say if I take it back to your neighborhood, oh, I understood everything that you had to go through. If, if y'all had to live with the lights out and all, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that you did, but I'm just using that for an example. Right. Okay. You know, and that's the same thing. That's the same thing with my husband. The things he had to go through. I mean, it brings tears to my eyes for anybody to have to live like that and, and go through something like that because I didn't have to do it. So with me, that keeps me humble and everything else like that. But it's something that I can relate to because that means that I, I'll always want better for me and my kids. And the same thing for my husband. I mean. He went through things I didn't go through, and now he wants better. He has better. Sure. So, I mean, it's the same thing with with what they saying in the political office. You can you can only do so much unless you've been there and done that. I, I think. In my, I think, in my opinion. No, I, I you know what I, I agree with you when you say come take a you basically you're saying come take a walk in my shoes. And um, right. You know I I think a lot of a lot of folks listen to music and they just bob their heads and when they catch one word that goes against things that they believe it's a uh, it's a mockery they you really know what take I mean? it around with it yeah they, they, take, they take, take it, it around with it and i mean that's that's judgment wow i mean you pass a judgment on somebody and that's not your place to do that well i do it i do it and i shouldn't do it but i do it because i, mean, it, it, I censor my kids we, with, we all uh, do it yeah sure we do sure we do but i uh, for Talking, speaking on the community's behalf, though, I think that we don't put the people in office who are willing to sit down and ask the question, um, what did you mean by this? Instead of taking it and run with it, what did, what did you mean by this? Or I mean, publicly, right. though. Publicly, you know what I mean? It's not done publicly I mean, enough. Right, and it's not done within our community either. If you look up and you say that you're coming to Wilson to run for whatever political office you want to run for, if you're there, you're gonna say, okay, I'm back to give it back to my community. I'm I'm here to help my people. You know, do this. well. What are you gonna do? I mean, to me, that's the question that should be asked. But you ask it and you have an answer for it. But it's it's okay. You give me the answer. You tell me what I want to hear. But don't show. Don't tell me. Show me. Um, you know, I'm glad you said that. Turn turning the page for a second. What does Wilson, North Carolina, need politically? I'm going home, y'all, to all my listeners all over the board. I'm going home for a minute. I'm, I'm going to ask the native something because I think there's a need. And like I said, I said it once and I'll say it again. The political figures are not there. The representatives for the city are not there for the most part. They're not out there a whole lot. Um, they're not speaking. They're not shaking hands and kissing babies until it's election time. And you can't tell me there's right, not enough right, time to do it because they have staff. So what do you think? When is the last time? First of all, let me ask you this first. When was the last time? You've seen a local politician anywhere within Wilson County community? Um, probably five five years ago, I was coming from Greenville, and I saw GK Butterfield at a gas station on two sixty four. Who is GK Butterfield? That, let, like, let the people know who GK Butterfield is to Wilson, if you don't mind. Uh, 
he's a U.S. congressman. Uh, am I right? That's right. <laughs> district really, one. Really, Go ahead. I, You're right. Yeah, District One. Okay. District One congressman. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, but but you know, it's, and the thing about that that also goes with with voting. I mean. If he he's in a district, if you're not in that district, you can't vote for him. The same way with Gene Butterfield, the same way if you're not in a certain district, you can't vote for certain people who are there trying to do something for the community or they, they paint a picture that they're trying to do something for the community. I put it that way. Right. But, I mean, you know, Wilson needs a lot. Wilson needs to condemn some houses. They need to have more activities for the kids. They need to have more jobs, open up more business on the east side of town and not just on the west side of town. Mm. The east side I of mean, town is tore up. <laughs> the east right, side I mean, of town but, you is know, gotten. No, nobody wants to go to the east side of town and do anything, and that's why they're moving everything out on the west side. I mean, my mom, I stay on the west side, and I don't say I don't work in Wilson, but you know, my mom still works in Wilson. My my dad still works in Wilson. My other mom still works in Wilson. You know, both, both. well, all of my parents, two of my parents live on the east side and two of the other parents live on the west side. I mean, the east side, my mom, like, I hate driving sometimes and have to come to your favorite store with only two cashiers. I hate having to go to Target or <laughs> go to Belt and everything like that, and it's on the west side of town. Bring some back to the east side. Mm. And the, the the thing that people say about the east side is they're 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 out of fear that people are going to rob, they're going to steal, they're going to break into it, tear this up, tear that up, whatever. You, I mean, you never know what people are going to do. You build a business on the east side, you give an opportunity for people to have jobs. People out here struggling every day trying to make it, living off. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's true. I'm listening to my husband at the same time I'm talking to you. People going to rob and steal <laughs> because they don't have. True indeed. But, I mean, they're, they're doing it. He said, shout out to you. I mean, they're they doing that, you know, for a reason. So, come on. I mean, people, it's, it's, a, it's the world is just crazy. People trying to survive. I mean, I'm, I'm grateful for my job every day, even though they worry the hell out of me and they get on my nerves. I'm <laughs> grateful that time. I have a job to go to every day. True indeed. That's every job out here, too. If you just listen to the show, WMMG, home of the KRRP radio show, 619-638-8559. KRRPRadioShow.com, Twitter at symbol KRRP Radio Show at symbol NC Pudgy, Facebook, you know what it is, man. Hit the search. So basically, you're saying if you had to vote for a candidate in your area, right, District One Congressman, mm-hmm. um, whatever, you would want someone that has a plan for implementing the cleanup of the East Side and may- maybe bring more jobs to the East Side of the community. Is that fair to say? Right, I mean, and, and do something for these these kids who are at risk, who are who need positive people in their in their life. I mean, to stop them from relate to people shoot. I mean, back in the day, you know, we grew up. We never. I mean, what was the main thing we feared back in in Wilson back in the day? The gang, the aces. They really <laughs> didn't do anything to anybody. They were just a little gang. They maybe beat you up or something like that, but they really kill people. <laughs> now, I mean, you got you got these little boys rocking around here, just thinking they the Bloods, they the Crips, they this, they that. They'll shoot you for looking at them wrong. They'll be ready to fight you for any little thing. You know, come on. I mean, it's it's more to life than that. And and they don't know anything about that because they don't have anybody positive in their life to show them. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is not the way that you should be living. Guns, drugs, all this stuff like that. It's it's irrelevant. Shout so, out to I mean, I commend 
Word so up. any practice got... gonna come and try to make a change. Well, here's something I'm I'm getting I'm working on. I'm almost done too. Now I have to actually do formal invites to all the candidates who ran last time and all the city officials and everybody who holds office now. I'm doing a town hall. And I'm going to invite everybody out, the community, and I hope when we leave that town hall that we, we can come together and have some honest, I mean, some realistic goals that we could ask our candidate to, you know, in Wilson, that we can ask the candidate to run on and we can ask the candidate to oppose. And if they don't bring the pain with the things that we want, we won't vote for them. I, that's, that's something that I hope we can get done all over, and I hope it's something that we can get done in Wilson, and I hope you guys will be there. And it's going to be long, man. We're going to have a forum for folks to talk, and they, they can talk to these candidates and ask them questions. You know, where have you been? What have you done? And are you going to do anything different by you running again? Because, you know, we got the redistricting going on, and there's a lot of other things going on. So that's what we're going to do, man. I'm sorry. I got to go to a commercial right now. Shout out to you, Keisha, and everybody on the show listening right now. You're listening to the KRRB radio show. In just a few minutes, man, we're coming back on with my girl, Sonny Johnson. We're going to talk about some amazing things that's going on right now with her, um, some things that she's working on and some things that she's going to do here real soon in the near future. Um, she's got a video right now for all you folks that haven't heard it. I want you to go to krrpradioshow.com. Check it out. It's right under her picture, man. I want you guys to listen up, listen to it. And we need more hip-hop like this right here, man. Shout-out to my man, Kate Hill, a.k.a. Kelvin Hill. The Yo, song man, titled no Declaration of the here, Independent. Man. Right now, we about to put it on. No you listen to the KRRP radio Yo, what do you mean they ain't got no K here? And I told y'all for the last time, we don't play no hip hop around here. Get out of here. Can you tell by his fingerprint? Can you interpret his dreams from his DNA? Can forensics define his purpose? Does it make you nervous to know that only one writes wisdom this way? When you discover by paternity test that MC with God's wrath in his chest, hellacious delivery, spitballs relentlessly, tell me if you're ready to uncover his identity, hell, Picasso, let's go, the boy seemed so humble when he came in the game, leaked a couple of jammies, now he got him a name, produced a couple of locals, so too much ain't changed, huh? and that's what they say about me, well oh my, now he's a self-proclaimed legend still stuck in the bar, and we accept him cause he rep receiving us in the hood, but God forbid he ever gets to be successful, they say about me, well, 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 how does a fail taste, how does the bottom fail, I've been a witness to both, the definition of hell, I started from the low, low, climbed to the top, top, and still persevere where adversaries throwing rocks, rocks, uphill battle, no pun intended, they know the kid's been an issue since Sean was sentenced, and your nine still glisten, since you bought that used black axe, something like you out, when your rims was running, I've been here, here. Yeah. With longevity like Methuselah Got nothing to prove to you, really I pay my tithes and my dues to you sluggers Kill me, I've been food to you buzzers Now it's time that the shop closed When I ran like Kusa You devils try to shop those And now you can't stop me Or block my path Cause I remain to be seen Like jumping Jack Flash And ramen ain't nothing I keep a verse in the stash And I'ma be that way From the hearse to the ash I will not be a martyr For your fair weather fellowship When you claim a gift Then crucify the If my soul is recruited 
full of old junk at least you think it's old junk how about a storage that you've been paying the bill on for so long and you've just been moving stuff into and you're ready to get rid of it when you look at it all the time well if you do make sure you contact Faulkner's Antiques before you throw it away again that's Faulkner's Antiques out of Burlington North Carolina Faulkner's will pay you top dollar for estates sterling old furniture pottery signs old toys and etc Faulkner's Antiques, they specialize in some of the most prolific antiques in this part of eastern North Carolina or the USA. So make sure you contact Wayne Prophet at Faulkner's Antiques, 336-214-6427. Again, that's Wayne Prophet. That's the man you want to talk to at Faulkner's Antiques, 336-214-6427. And if you get a hold of Wayne, guess what? He'll come to you free of charge. And if you can't get to him at that number, make sure you dial this other number. 336-675-4897 And don't forget Wayne Prophet at Faulkner's Antiques says Don't forget the reason for the season Have you ever been in a situation where You wanted to I don't know Let's say you felt like you wanted to do something special Or maybe you felt empty in life Uh, Maybe you got a lot of free time on your hands And you want to do something for your community we're in warfare, mm-hmm. and Jesus Christ is looking for warriors that are willing to fight. We need to leverage our political power and our political interests in both parties. We have the opportunity to talk about how our values work, because when they're put in place, when we govern according to those values, they work. If anybody is going to take on Mr. Barack Obama, it's going to be black conservatives. When you push in abortion upon a population, you ask yourself, who's pushing it? Democrats cannot win without the black vote. The Jesse Jackson era is over. Conservatism is neither white nor black. It's what's right. It's what's good. Our community is everyone. This is a kingdom of God movement. When I was in inner city pastoring, what I saw was the Democratic Party making inner city at that time a social wasteland. Maybe it's you who needs to decide that you want something different and stop waiting for a politician to hand that to you. We are serious about the mission that we have for the Frederick Douglass Foundation, and we stand on three basic pillars, and we don't apologize for it, but we are devoted Christians, first and foremost. We are proud black Americans and active Republicans. There are two issues that are facing our nation today that we don't uh, allow anybody, if they want to get our support, you are pro-life and you believe marriage is composed of one man and one woman at one time. We may not be the organization for you, and that's okay. We're not changing who we are. <laughs> they won't mention that the vice chair. When I tell a lot of people this, even, even Republicans, they say, wow, we didn't know that. They didn't know that the vice chair of the North Carolina Republican Party is a black man named Dr. Timothy Johnson. Timothy Johnson is also the national cha- chairman and founder of the Frederick Douglass Foundation. They don't mention that the KKK was a terrorist arm of the Democratic Party. They just talk about what they did to blacks, but they failed to mention, they forget that one little detail. And they 
they, and the other thing they won't tell you is that from 1929 to 1974, North Carolina had a genocide board, and they passed the Sterilization Act, which they forcibly sterilized 7,600 people. Some of them were young, eight years old. They don't mention that. Democrats were doing that. KIRP Radio Show, WMMG, home of the KIRP Radio Show, baby. Y'all know how we do it, man. We do it live, advertised, keeping it hot, can't stop. Shout out to my man from the Frederick Douglass Foundation, North Carolina, Kevin Johnson. You in the house, no relation to Sonny Johnson. We might be relation. That's our brother. You know, that's my brother. That's my sister. It is what it is. Shout out to all my people over there at the Frederick Douglass Foundation, man. Right now, so many tears for the world. Y'all know it's nothing but real hip-hop, man. Even if it's nothing but the instrumentals in the background. Y'all know how we do. Know what I mean? Yeah, but shout out to everybody listening to the show, man. You're listening to WMMG, home of the KRRP radio show. 619-638-8559 is the number. If you want to listen via online, because I know you're watching the game, so turn your computers on. Turn the game down like we got it down here in the studio. You know what I mean? People got to watch the game, man. So turn it down, minimize it on a computer, and let it rock and listen to the show. Because right now, I'm bringing on a very, very special person right now, Sonny Johnson. Uh, Y'all know who she is, man. She's somebody that's beautiful. Y'all know what she does. Y'all know how passionate she is about what she does. You know what? Forget it. Let me bring on, man. Sonny, what up? What's up, P? Yeah, I was trying to do you some justice, man, but I give up, man. Let the people know who you are, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, you know, I I ain't the one to sit and talk about myself. I, I'm I'm the one that believe that other people will do it for you if you do the right thing. So I think <laughs> you didn't did enough tonight. Appreciate yeah. it. You know, you know, I gotta kiss up a little bit, especially to the guests on the show. At least I we can't go in because I agree with everything you're gonna say tonight for the most part. Unless you got a shock and you be like you're gonna be a Democrat for the rest of your life. Oh, come on. I, I, I can't tell you what I'm going to be for the rest of my life because I live and I learn, so I change. I <laughs> I bend. I don't stay stagnant on anything. I feel you on that. That's me, man. No, Not one way about anything in the world. Y'all can check that out on my Facebook, man. If you're on Facebook, log on right now, uh, facebook.com slash KRRP Radio Show. We're on the air with super, uh, uh, super, um, I don't even know what to call you, man, super talented multi-talented, exuberant. <laughs> it is what it is. Child of God. Right now. <laughs> there you go. Child of God. Child, oh, Divinely you know blessed. Right. Divinely blessed child of God. I like that title right there. We might need to get that made for you so you can put it on your door or something. <laughs> Sonny, what's good with you, man? How you been doing? Oh, I'm doing great. I just launched my new project, um, Full Negro Dialect. And um, hopefully you got to see the video. I encourage the listeners, if they didn't see it, to um, go and check it out, the one I released last week. Ooh. I released a little mini-sode this week, and I'll be releasing a new one tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, not even – I mean, let me tell you how it works, okay? 
Uh-huh. I've been working about nonstop, about 17, 18 hours a day for about the last week or so. It came in my heart that I was like, I want to make a little mini movie. I didn't have the equipment. I didn't have anything. But you, I was like, this is what I want to do. So I wow. got online. I found what I needed. Boom. I put my video out three days later. And I just say that because in this age right now where we are in social networking and our ability to connect with other people and to to the unlimited amount of resources that are available online, there isn't a dream that you have that you can't put into practice if you go out and find it. And um, that's what Full Negro Dialect is. It's, It's a dream if you want it. Wow, I like that. I love that. I love the title, too. Where, where did the title come from? Oh, you know, our our um, speaker our speaker of the House, Harry Reid, uh, <laughs> said Obama was and um, accept, he was acceptable um, to, as a candidate for presidency because he was light-skinned, and he a light-skinned African-American with no Negro dialect unless he wanted to have one. Ooh. And it kind of hit me, though. Even though I was like, when he said it, I was like, okay, you know, I could have so many things to argue about what he said. But after being in this um, in this little arena for a while, I've started to realize that it's the truth. You know, it's the truth within not only the Democratic Party, but a lot in the Republican Party as well. And it kind of, it hit me that we have a, rep- a representational government. So if you have a black community where the majority of the people speak in full Negro dialect and then you have Carlton Banks as your mayor, is it really (laughs) um, representational? And not, you know, because that person, though they might share your skin color, they might not share your personal experience. And I just want to um, give people a full understanding of what our culture is because it's run down. People dog it all the time. All the time. Yeah. But that, that, that takes away from us taking our culture seriously. And I think that once we start to take our own culture seriously, because if you're a defender of hip-hop, then you should be a practicer of it too. Ooh. And that doesn't mean go out and shoot and kill drugs. I mean, look, kill people and sell drugs. Sell drugs yeah. It means that behind most rap lyrics is capitalism, the idea that you want to make money, the idea that you want to take care of yourself first and then by extension take care of your family and then by extension take care of your friends along the way, you know, the sure. ones that um, actually want to work for it, not just the leeches that hang on because you have and they want to, you know, suck from you. Right. And that's the core of hip-hop. And right now we're all in this policy mode of take from the rich, take from the rich, take from the rich. And I'm like, what is wrong with being rich? You know, this philosophy, this whole hate the rich thing, what is wrong with being rich? And I noticed, and I just came to the realization that it's nothing wrong with being rich. You know, they have us going against everything that we believe, and it's about time that someone spoke up. Wow. Who, when you say they, let, let me be clear on this real quick, because I had some callers write me some, send me some emails and whatnot, and uh, one caller was like, what's up with this they stuff? Please explain to the people, and you can speak for me on this because I know where you stand. We, we've talked about this before. But when you say they, who, whom are you talking about when you say they, Sonny? 
I say that when I say they, I mean the liberals or progressives. It's not tagged under Democrat or Republicans because there are progressive Republicans. Sure. But what it is, it's in a group of elite who believe that they can rule from the top. This is not white and black. This is, you know, this is not a race issue. Right. This is a ruling class issue over the general population. And that's what, what I mean when I say they. Anyone that would take away your ability to make choice and think that they would have the right to plan and plot your life for you, they are thrown in the they for me. And they usually fall under the title of a progressive or a liberal. That clears it up. That's clarity for you right there. You know what? Before we even get into this, because we're going to use this word a lot, I feel like, tonight. A lot of people don't know what a liberal is. I mean, uh, in, in last week I was saying that I'm conservative at its best, and I think most folks are conservative for the most part. Whether we may have some liberal ideas and maybe we feel like we should be liberated, and I, and I know I definitely believe in liberation, but there's a difference. And uh, I, I would like for you to explain your definition of, not even your definition, but your idea of liberal people and their agenda. Okay, this is what you have to understand. Um, it did, they, they weren't started. The word liberal didn't come about uh, like it's not an old word. They used to be a group called libertarians. They still exist. Well, um, in the 1920s, the, the idea of progressivism was big meaning that everybody wanted to be a progressive. It was the time of big government. It was, you know, um, we got the, um, we got income tax. We got, you know, all of these new um, agencies coming out of the federal government. And it was good to be a progressive. Well, if you check out FDR, because, you, know, you know, he ran and became president four times. Well, right oh. after he died, the state, like, basically ran to Congress and was like, let's put this amendment in that says no president will ever can ever hold more than two terms. <laughs> and it's because they they understood what had happened, how much money had been spent, and how little Impact. progress actually came. Right. So progressives ran and changed their names, and then they started to become liberals. And this is all they do, is they hide their name. Once people realize what it is that they want to do, they switch names. So all they do is put a new face on it and try to sell you the same product. But they know you won't buy the product outright, so they do it slowly but surely, bit by bit. In other words, they progress forward with their agenda. So that's kind of what it is. It's their names are interchangeable because they make it that way. You know, it's not something that I created. What they do when, you know, they need to shed their skin because their true colors have shown. I think that's pretty, I think that sums it up um, real good. I, I think a lot of people don't get the concept of their agenda when we say they. I, I think a lot of people don't really, I think we overshoot it as a community in whole, not just the black community. I think a lot of people overshoot it when they start talking about the things that we need and what the government should do, um, there definitely should be a limit to that. You know what I mean? And when you, when you mix up hip-hop in with that, well, well let me ask you, you're the, you're the guest. How does hip-hop mix in with the whole concept of government? 
Um, this is and this is another issue that that like bothers me, right? In the black community, when do you hear us say that government is a good thing? You know, we we don't like the politicians, we don't like the police, we don't none of the alphabet boys, no DEA, no FBI. We don't like big government, but yet we will vote for big government. You know, we will complain. They always get in our business about this, that, or the other. Or they always come out with a new law or a new way to hem a brother up. Yeah, so why are you voting for bigger <laughs> government? You know, and, and that's kind of what the, what the whole point is. They twist it so you don't know what you're voting for. And this is this is actually the crux of what I want to say as far as putting my own philosophy out there is to let them, um, especially the, um, our community, to know that we don't live by our own standards, and that is what's crushing us. It's not, I, I, it's not a white man. It's not um, some politician. It's our inability to live by our own standards, right. and that's the thing that we need to change the most. If you are a hip hop fan. And when they start talking about money and jet setting around the world and and all the cars that they um, buy or own, and then you turn around in the same breath and say, well, yeah, those rich people need to be. Well, who are the rich people? The same artists that you are singing and be, uh, and you're like, I wish I could be just like them. Yeah. They're the rich people. And we we get the intention of saying, like, when we say we're going to tax the rich, like, we're going after white people. Is that the assumption that there are no rich black people? So, no, it, it, it is not just we have to start living by the culture that we love. And I don't think that we pay enough respect to it and hold it high enough in regard as to where it should be. And I think that that's why we find it right now in decay. It's definitely going downhill um, and when you when you speak on the mainstream artists. And I just want to put this out here, too. If, you listen, if you're just logging in, 619-638-8559. I'm on the line with Sonny Johnson, um, divine child of God. <laughs> if, uh, uh, listen, I think that I'm not saying that, and, and when we talk about hip-hop folks, you know, for all the listeners out there, we're not talking about the raunchy, sexual, I'll bang your head against the backboard, do this to your daughter, do this with your, your wife, blah, 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 blah. We're not talking about complete nonsense, folks. There is a such thing as complete nonsense, rest assured. And that's not just in the hip-hop, that's in rock, that's in, it's in everything. So we're not talking about that. We're talking about the music that is worthy of the art in itself. Not just the music and just, not just the artist, the art in itself. So when I say that, Sonny, just, you know, when you when you look at somebody like, like let's talk about the Common thing, when, when Common got voted to, I'm sorry, got asked to come to the White House to do his thing, you know, for the president. What do you think about that and, and the big argument that it caused? I'm a defender of hip-hop. So yeah. believe me, the whole week following this controversy, I was fighting with conservatives. Because they couldn't understand it, and I'm like, okay, whatever. It doesn't matter whether or not you can understand it. Stop bashing my culture. So <laughs> I'll, I'll say that outright. But I will ask this question, and this is the conversations that we need to start having amongst ourselves, whereas, oh, no, they just hate us today. No, 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 no. Let's start asking ourselves some real questions, and I'll ask this question. 
Why does Jay Z sell more records than Common does? Well, the answer is Common is from a black theology philosophy. Okay, he comes from Reverend Wright's church, and, if, and Google Reverend Wright if you haven't. He's the one that says "God damn America," but yeah. Common comes from that black theology. It is a mutual um, salvation mentality that you can't go to heaven if your brother doesn't go to heaven type of type of thing. And that reflects in his rhymes. Whereas Jay is, I will do and I will win because I know what I am possible, what is, you know, what I have the ability to do. And so you get the mutual salvation versus the individual salvation. Mm-hmm. That's why one sells and one doesn't because one is real talking about what you personally have the ability to control. And one is, oh, I wish it could be this way with mutual salvation. Well, the truth of the matter is there's always going to be people who don't want anything out of life. You know, there's always going to be poor people. There's always going to be underprivileged people. Our job, our job as jobs as Christians is to look out for those people. It is not to pay higher taxes and let the government look out for those people. Right. Because what we can do far exceeds anything that the government can do. In the sense that we can give motivation. We That's can right. give just a listening ear, or a shoulder to cry on. We can give our own experiences. What are you going to get from a government office but wait in line? Uh, uh, Your number has been called You're not going to get the things that you get From personal interaction And that's the place that we need to go Where we believe in ourselves As individuals And we do the right things in our own lives And then by extension We go out and give to other people But to think that You could pull all of your um, Assets together And then spread them out equally amongst everybody, it is an unreality because the people who work are going to get tired of paying for the people who don't. And that's what you get in mutual salvation. Now, the biggest um, problem they had with Common was with the Asada Shakur. Um, I'm not going to argue about police brutality um, or whether she was convicted wrongly or anything like that because we've had that argument so many times, but how about the argument of where she ran to? She ran to Cuba. She ran to a communist country. This is a country where, and and Marxism is the base of of communism, and Reverend Wright is an advocate of Marxism. I think that I think that one might have might have blew over folks' head. Who's the founder of Marxism? Because a lot of folks don't know where this comes from. We hear it a lot. And I, I think just this year, since, you know what, since the president's been in office, I think you hear more and more about Marxism and communism, but a lot of people don't understand what that is from our community, I don't think. You know what, i got to stop saying from our community. From all communities, I think a lot of people repeat what they hear, and they don't really know where this stuff comes from or how it was inducted into our community, how it got intertwined with the idea of, of freedom, of capitalism, of making the most money that you can make through hard work. Karl Marx, um, this is the point, and, and, and the black community, wake up. <laughs> this is the point. The white community knows who Karl Marx is. 
The liberals know who Karl Marx is. The progressives know who Karl Marx is. The, the elite, the government, they know who he is. Why don't any of them share that information with you? Why don't they tell you who he is, what he believes, and then if you wanted to follow his philosophy, then it would be all good. You could defend it. Well, the reason they don't tell you who he is is because you wouldn't defend it. This philosophy, um, when you look at Stalin in Russia and all of the murders, Mao in China and all of the murders, um, Chavez, um, not Chavez, um, what's his name from Cuba? Anyway, the whole point is that this philosophy has caused hundreds of millions of deaths all across the world. And they don't teach you this philosophy. You should ask why. But basically, Marx is from each according to his ability to each according to his need. So it means that you can work and work and work and work yourself like a dog. You can put in an 80-hour work week. But at the end of the week, if there's a person who hasn't worked or who hasn't contributed anything, but they're hungry, you are then forced to take what you have worked for and give it to them. So I, 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 I like to use the philosophy of shoes. Like, imagine you had 100 pair of Jordans, right? Mm-hmm. And you've been, you spent years collecting these Jordans. And then someone comes along and says, well, I have 99 people who need shoes. So I'm going to take 99 pair of your shoes, and you don't even get to pick which ones you get left. That's communism. From each, according to his ability, you have 100 pairs, so you can afford to give some up to each according to his needs because these people need shoes. That's what it is. And you, black people would not agree with that because it kind of sounds like what they did to us on the plantation where we went out and worked and worked and worked, and Master got all the proceeds of our work. So I don't think that's the philosophy that we would follow, and that's the reason they don't share it with you. But first it has to start off with um, capitalism, which is our system, because you have to have money before you can take it from someone. So first it starts off with capitalism, and then you go into socialism as you begin to get more people um, hooked on the system. So if you can get 50% of the people hooked on the system where you have a majority of votes, then you can get to socialism. And socialism is nothing but the uncomfortable period before your dictator comes and turns you over to communism. And that's how Marx explained it and set it up. And yet again, why don't they share this philosophy with the black community? You know, uh, Sonny, a lot of a lot of folks would say, a, a lot of supporters of communism would say, um, you know, this is God's agenda, and I know better. I, yeah, exactly, <laughs> it, it makes you laugh because if you did, if you never studied it, and the way they put it out there for you to to get, it sounds right. And we know that Karl Marx's theory was, uh, what what was Karl Marx's theory anyway? I, I know it, and I, someone actually just sent it to me, and I was going to there. Shout out to Kevin Daniels. What they call Marx that, about um, his purpose? Prerequisite, the, pre, the prerequisite for the people's happiness is the abolition of religion. So think really carefully about a church that preaches Marxism, because Marxism says that the only way you can get people happy is once you first abolish religion. 
So really consider that about a church where your pastor talks about um, Marxism. Karl Marx said, shout out to Kevin Daines for this tweet. Karl Marx said, uh, my purpose in life is to dethrone God and destroy capitalism. Yes, my purpose in life is for the where today can we can we grab that theory or can we grab the whole Marxist theory and apply it to some things that are going on today? What what in your mind, what are some things that not even in your mind, right now if we look at some of the things that are that are in place, some of the legislation that are that is coming up, what is something that reminds you of uh Marxism that we all are seeing this, today? Okay, think about um if you really wanted to go like really, you know, educational into it, you can look up the um, Communist Manifesto. It'll give you the ten basic principles of communism. Things like um, having um, a bank, a centralized bank, which we have as the Federal Reserve. It it covers things like um, taking over industry. Uh, um, Mandatory education for all children. That is indoctrination. So when they say, oh, public schools, that itself is part of um, the Communist Manifesto. And people might say, well, why are you against kids going to school? I'm not against kids going to school, but I am against a federal government that lays down the agenda and then forces the kids to, um, to learn that agenda. And I always like to point out, when we should have been learning math and science, in the 80s, they were teaching us that the single-parent family was good in our schools. How did that turn out? In the 90s, they were teaching us that um, um, go out, everybody deserves a house, go out and get credit, go out and get credit. How did that turn out for us? And in in the 2000s, it was, Timmy wears a bra, you know, um, homosexuality is okay. How is that going to turn out for us? And so instead of pushing math, science, reading, and making sure we are excelling in, um, in the world educational system, they are pushing social agendas for indoctrination. And that's why, and I say all the time, why do you think uh, uh, most, and, it, and it's not an excuse, but why do you think most black kids don't care about school? Because they know it's full of crap. They know that the stuff that they're taught is in no way, shape, or form going to really help them in their future. And that's why they don't care about it. You think back to the days where slaves used to, used to, you know, they would die to be able to read. Now you run from a library because we are taught that in our history, all we ever was was slaves and and abused by white people and this, that, and the other. We don't even pay much attention at Black History Month. Mm-hmm. How many people know Carter Woodson and that he created it and why he created it? So we need to um, we need to change the way we think and stop focusing so much on the outside of what other people think and actually start to find out what we believe personally. Because you don't have to believe how I believe or think how I think, but at least know what your personal principles are and make sure that everything that you do in your life, including vote, goes through those principles. Wow. That's that's a whole lot of knowledge in the first segment, man. We're gonna um we're gonna take a break here and go to a commercial real quick. But when we get back, 
Sonny, I just want to ask you about um, a few things. And this, this will give you folks a chance to, you know, get your Google up, you know, to make sure you're not being misled or anything like that. Get your Google up, you know, check out what we're talking about. Check out some of the things that we're saying and, and you know, to see if it's legitimate. When we come back, we're going to ask you about the Dream Act, Sonny. What do you think about the Dream Act? And, uh, you know, we'll talk about that. Then we'll start breaking down some hip-hop lyrics. You listen to the KRRP radio show, 619-638-8559. We're on the air with Sonny Johnson. We'll be right back after these messages. Over here, after work over here, IDs please, cause it's sexy over here, no teams over here, we grown over here, it's popping over here, drink it all baby, yeah, I gotta drive a year, he'll take you anywhere, the party's over here, we'll call them over here, the lanes over there, you can tell by the gear, refreshing all year, my style next year, they call me Pete, baby, just sit right here, it's stacks over here, no dope over here, retired over here, six figure nigga cheer, a boss over here, no floss over here, First bottles on the house, they want me coming back here They show me love here, the ladies in here Wanna do it right here, I'm like sex right here Like sex right here, yeah, yeah We get it over here, we got it over here It's sex on deck, we work hard all year You see us over here, it's love over here After work Friday night, we get it in right here Hey, it's if it's Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. and you got nothing to do, I want you to make some time. Grab your slippers, get your robe on, get some comfortable clothes on, leave your rollers in your hair and get cozy, real cozy, with a drink in your computer. If you've ever been to a coffee shop before, this is a coffee shop you've never seen before right in the comfort of your own home. Late Night Mike, every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. starring your host, Katrina Watkins, poet extraordinaire, and the host act right. My man holds it down. The purely poetic late night mic poetry show. Hey, if you wanted some good poetry in your life, make sure you log on to www.blocktalkradio.com backslash purely dash poetic. heat messing up in this winter is the snow just getting on your last daggone nerves are you cold and you gotta put on a snuggie in the house that's not comfortable no it's not comfortable are you a grown man wearing your wife's footies are they pink you scared to go check your mailbox with your wife's footies on and as cold as it is inside as it is outside well I'll tell you what you do if you're looking for a friend contact Riley Heating and Cooling if your ductwork needs a facelift, Riley Heating and Cooling will facelift your ductwork. Are you getting the most for your dollar? If you're not, Riley Heating and Cooling will make sure you get the most for your dollar. Ask about their five-point inspection service. They have trained professionals that offers 25 years of experience. To contact Riley Heating and Cooling, call 336-263-5111. Again, that's 336-263. 5111 and you'll find a friend at Riley Heating and Cooling.
have a garage full of old junk? At least you think it's old junk. How about a storage that you've been paying the bill on for so long and you've just been moving stuff into and you're ready to get rid of it when you look at it all the time? Well, if you do, make sure you contact Faulkner's Antiques before you throw it away. Again, that's Faulkner's Antiques out of Burlington, North Carolina. Faulkner's will pay you top dollar for estates, sterling, old furniture, pottery, signs, old toys, and etc. Faulkner's Antiques, they specialize in some of the most prolific antiques in this part of eastern North Carolina or the USA. So make sure you contact Wayne Prophet at Faulkner's Antiques, 336-214-6427. Again, that's Wayne Prophet. That's the man you want to talk to at Faulkner's Antiques, 336-214-6427. And if you get a hold of Wayne, guess what? He'll come to you free of charge. And if you can't get to him at that number, make sure you dial this other number. 336-675-4897. And don't forget, Wayne Prophet at Faulkner's Antiques says, don't forget the reason for the season. Conversation, man, and we've been explaining some things to some folks. So Sunny has been explaining some things to some folks and talking very passionately about things that she feels and some of the agendas that are going on today in our society and in the community. Um, just want to get Sunny right right back on the line here, and uh, we're going to go to the SoundChew weather report anyway. Shout out to SoundChew.com, the most prolific online uh, American Idol type website there is today. Right now, with over three thousand participants, man, you, you can win some. Some nice prizes on there, so make sure you take a chance. Log on to SoundChew.com. If you're just tuning into the show, you listen to WMMG, home of the KIRP radio show, I want you guys to log on to the website. It's www.kirpradioshow.com. I want you to scroll down, scroll all the way down. Check out Love for Life, L4L. I want you guys to sign up for it. It's a beautiful event. It's going to be some powerful talking about some experience that they went through. A few men are going to chime in and talk about some of those things, too. We plan on doing it in the summer. It's going to be a webinar, and it's going to be live for the most part. Some of the women that are going to be talking, talking are, it's going to be pre-recorded. Uh, for the, the vast majority of it, will be live. So I want you guys to scroll down. Make sure you sign up for L4L, Love for Life, 
It's going to be quite the event. If you know somebody who's going through some things or some people who have, have been through some things and, and it's hard to cope with or they can't cope with some of the things that they've been through, I think that El Pharrell is something that your family could really sit down and, and talk about after listening to or even while listening to it and play it back over and over again. Um, it's a growing event right now. We have over 100 people. I think, it, I think it's about over 100 people right now that signed up to listen to the webinar. Um, I will be doing it live. And we'll probably have a gymnasium rented out somewhere. Uh, different community centers have signed up for it. They're going to bring a bunch of kids, a bunch of young women, and, and you know, we're really going to chop it up, man, and, you know, talk about some things that they've had to overcome. Some of the women have been raped. Uh, some of them have just have been in, in really abusive relationships. Um, some of them have dropped out of school. Some have been addicted to drugs. You name it, some of these women have been through it. Um, I'm sorry for, for folks that don't believe the abortion issue or you feel some sort of way about it. Um, it's going to be some women on there talking about what you go through when you choose to abort a child uh, mentally and physically. So they've been through some of those things, and, you know, we're really going to sit down and we're really going to chop it up. It's going to be live and it's going to be uncensored, folks. So if you, your kids haven't, if you haven't sat down and talked it with them or discussed it with them, you might want to do it before, you know, bringing them on this webinar or listening because it's going to be live and it's going to be direct. And I hope and I pray to God that some people will be enlightened and, and some folks will feel better about themselves because truthfully, when you get raped, it's not your fault. You know what I mean? When you say no and someone take advantage of you, you have totally been taken advantage of. And uh, I would say in 99% of the situations, it is not your fault. So, you know, if you're or you do something, sign up for L4L. If you haven't, you just want your kids to know how to get themselves out of a tricky situation that they may have gotten themselves into. Sign up for L4L. Bring your family along and, you know, check it out. And we're really going to chop it up. Um, I'm on the line with Sonny Johnson. Sonny, are you there? Yes. Oh, hold hey. up. I, I, I got I to gotta chime back in because you asked me a question, and I didn't get to uh, tell the answer, and I need to I need to say this real fast. Oh, please do. You asked about um, communism, and I, and I told you the overall spectrum, but I didn't tell you about how it, we are the breeding ground in the black community. They have tested it, and they have run our their experiments on us. And I kind of wanted to point this out because of what you're doing with I love being a father, um, and I love being a black father. And um, Kevin with his legacy, you know, Kevin Daniels down there with his legacy program. One of, the, um, one of the prerequisites for um, communism is that you um, don't leave an inheritance to your child that whatever you made in life doesn't pass down to your child. And you can see it today when you hear people talk about the death tax. Well, what the death tax is is a tax on all the money that you saved up over your lifetime. And then once you die, how much of it the government can take from you or take from your kids. What this means is you've paid taxes on this money your entire life, you know, and then after you die, they want to take 50, 60, 70% of it to give it to the government because they say it's not your child's right to have that money because your child didn't work for it. You worked for it. How dare you want to give that money to your child? Hold on, Sonny. Hold so, on. So, so you're, saying, you're saying that if I die right now, right, the, yeah. money, that, the money that I work for can't go to my kids? 
60 to 70% is what they're trying to take. I think that they um, windled it down with the last tax agreement, so it's around like 35% now. But if the Democrats could have it their way, it would be 60, 70, upward 80% that no, you cannot. But you have to think about it in terms of, like, if you own a sports team or you own a family farm or you own a corporation and then you die and you leave it to your child, well, then your child has to has to take 80%, 50, 60, 70, whatever it's set at, and take that amount of money of what you left to them and pay it off to pay off their taxes. Well, what that means is that most of the time they would have to sell the farm, sell the business just to be able to pay the taxes. It is a way of government taking away the legacy you leave for your child. But if you notice... Their legacy never goes away because if you are the son of a governor or the son of a senator, you have a good chance of being elected. So their legacy never goes away. But your legacy, which you worked for your entire life, they deem it is their right to take from you. And it also goes into personal property and having the ability to own your own land. Look at the black community, especially in the urban areas. How many people own their own land, own their own home? Not a vast majority of them. And then even think about it with this last bubble in the housing bubble. A lot of black people who did own their own homes went out and refinanced, out and bought a bigger home, then lose it in foreclosure. So you even began to shrink, um, shrink our home population of who you actual homeowners even further. So the idea is to basically take everything from you, have it redistributed by government. Jesus, is there any way? How do you how do you counter that though? If it's already legislation, like what can you do to counter that, Sonny? I mean, is there any way to beat that at all? It is knowing your local. When they say that all politics are local, it is true. Okay, we they can get us out for massive um, numbers in um, presidential elections, but during our local elections, we really don't pay any attention. Most elections, most primaries are won with three hundred, four hundred votes. Most local elections are run uh, are won with maybe five thousand votes. So what that means is you only have a select amount of people, the active people, who get to choose the candidates. And that's the part where we need to change. And then once you get the right candidates in, you have to start going at the regulation. If you hear a Democrat say there needs to be more regulation, well, what does regulation mean? It means if you want to start a business, you have to go and pay this person to look at this for you. Then you have to pay that person to look at that, then pay that person to look at that, and that person. So what could have started off as, say, $10,000 for you to start your business then goes up to $100,000 because all of the people that you have to pay off to start it, sure. that is regulation. So if you have, like, you, we have ground, you know, we have the, um, the store lady in our hood. You know, that's the lady house you can go to, buy your soda, buy your candy, your chips, whatever. And that's where she makes her profit. Now imagine if all she had to do was buy a storefront, buy what she knew she could sell, sell that as she stacked up, and made her store better. Then you would have more entrepreneurs if it could be done in that fashion. But they make it so you have to pay so much up front that it's nearly impossible 
to start a job, um, to start a company or to start a business. And I think that once we get that regulation out of the way, I think that as black people we're brilliant. And we can do about anything that we wanted to do. But we see all the roadblocks and we're like, it's not even worth it. Well, we need to start figuring out who's putting those roadblocks there. Because if, it's, if, it, if it was easier for you to own your own auto shop or if it was easier for you to be a, a plumber or whatever, whatever occupation it is, then you would have more people doing it. It's just the roadblocks that they put up in front of you that make it nearly impossible, not just in your want and your will, but in your financial ability to make it happen. Wow. What, what, Heather, how important, in, in your words, how important is it for general elections? When we talk about local politicians, I mean your representatives or your city commissioners or even even your, uh, your, your county seat, how important are local elections to, for the people when it comes to a- explaining what goes on in your community? It's it's everything. These are the people that decide whether or not you can say Merry Christmas in your school as far as your school board goes. These are the people who can decide whether to put a sugar tax on your sodas out of the vending machine as far as it goes as running your personal life. These are the people that make those decisions. Those decisions are made from a high up. um, Those decisions are made at a local level. And those are the decisions that we have the most beef with. Those are the people who um, set the cost for your personal property. Those are the people who set the cost for you to renew your license or or get your plates redone. These are the people that choose which roads get fixed and which ones don't. So the things that you complain about mostly on your everyday life are handled at this local level. And we don't have a voice in that level. And it's not all because they don't want us to have a voice. It's mostly because we choose not to. And I think that the reason we choose not to is because we think our voice our voice doesn't matter or that it doesn't count. Why do we feel that way? Because we want capitalism. We want the ability to take care of ourselves. We want that ability to do it for ourselves. And we don't see how we can do it. But the reason we can't see how we can do it is because we're voting for the very people that continue. I, I think all. I think mostly, if you look at you know the community as a whole, you look at, you know, from my community, you look at a lot of people who spent majority of their day working, or majority of their week working, twelve hours, uh, around the clock, double shifts, single shifts, two jobs, three jobs. Those are the people who say to themselves one day. I will have something left for my kids. One day I'll be in a better home. One day I'll drive a better car. One day I'll do this. What I don't get is some, and I know why it happens, but what I don't get is how we lose focus when we go to the voter booths or when we go to elect people that supposedly that's supposed to represent us. What I don't understand is how we lose focus of those those ideals that we believe in. And then we go, we start believing and we start voting for people who believe the exact opposite. Do you think that's lack of, lack of voter understanding or, or it's just the words really not getting to our community? And if you believe that, what can we do or what steps should we take to improve on that? I think it's, the, it's what I call the SSSA education. It's what we get in our schools that basically teaches us that it's the government's job to take care of us. 
And once you believe, our, our country wasn't founded that the government is to take care of us. The government is to work for us. They are to be servants to us. We are to be the masters, not them. And that's not the education that we get in school. So when we get out, we have this assumption like because you are a senator, you're better, or before because you're a congressman, you're better. I have met senators, and I have met congressmen, and I've met a lot of people. <laughs> uh, they are not the brightest bulbs. I have left many <laughs> of them speechless, like, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. So it is not, believe it or not, they are not all powerful. But what happens is you don't see someone who actually represents you, and that is, is what I think is the problem. Even if it's a black candidate, um, it's the same on the Democratic side. We don't show up to vote for them, but they do have enough of a base that will show up, but the majority of us don't because when we look at them, when we look at a, a, a Sandra Jackson Lee, we don't see ourselves. No. You know, I don't her as being representative of me. As a matter no of fact, I can't point to no really anybody in Congress that is really representative of me. And we, that's the point where I think we need to go at, in choosing better candidates and participate in the primaries and not just choosing the candidates that they pick, but actively going out in our community and finding the candidates that we need. And that might mean we have to convince some people to come outside their comfort zone. That might mean that we have to get some people with backbone and strength. But I think that they're there. I just think that we as people, we as the community, have to go to them and say, um, we need you, we need you to serve, and we need you to do it now. Sonny, let me rewind for a minute, all right? Um, you know, we kind of jumped into things right right, right away because, I mean, you know how I feel, and, and I definitely see your passion. I think the whole world sees your passion, at least the folks that are, are listening now or that have been privileged enough to hear you speak. Or, or have met you because you wear it on your sleeve, and that, that's a given. And I really appreciate that. And um, that you know, that's I, I fell in love with you mainly because of that. You know, instantly, I'm like, you know, here's someone right here who understands what's going on, and that's not a multi-millionaire trying to gain something. Sonny, what's your? I don't, I don't want you to be specific, but I just want you to let the people know because you know the things that we're talking about. I think a lot of people that that go on my Facebook or on the blogs or whatever on the Twitter. I think they don't they don't really get it. Somehow in their mind, um, the people that I deal with, I think that the fans believe or the listeners believe that we've made it to a certain point where we can talk crazy, and you know, because, because they believe, you know, seriously, they they believe that what we're talking about is crazy. They think, you know, well they can talk like that because they got it or they this that and the third. Sonny, we are are you? Let me start like this. Now just give me a yes or no now. Are you in the five hundred? thousand dollar a year bracket hell no <laughs> let me go half of it are you in the 250,000 don't even bracket? go half that keep going further down okay listen I just, <laughs> you know see that's crazy because you are and i am the same as everybody out there who are working and just trying to make it but maybe paying attention a little bit more and I, I, I stress, I, 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 man, I, I want everybody to understand this. I, I, I stress it a lot that you need to get involved and you need to start researching these people no matter what you have to do. If you don't know how to use a computer, get your kids on it. Do history on these people that are representing you that want your votes. 
a lot of people I come across and I interact with feel like voting is not necessary anymore because of the last election or the election before that with uh, George Bush and the things that went along when he first got elected. So with all that said, Sonny, the ideas that you believe in, is this a rich man's idea? Is this a poor man's idea? What kind of idea is this that you're expressing right now? Where does this come from? This is a hustler's idea. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where it like, Look, okay, I grew up. I'm a, I'm, like I said, I'm a Jay-Z fan. I grew up on alert. Hustlers hustle, okay? And if you're in a bad hustle, you realize it's a bad hustle and you switch hustles. But you never lose your hustle. And even if you can't get it right away, you you build, you invest, you reinvest, then you reinvest again. I'm sorry. Do I need to um do I need to lay out the um the rules of a hustler for you? Or, or you know, you know it, you're there. This is all it is, is that you start off from nothing but you know what you can be by your own individual talent. Am I rich right now? No. Do I plan on being rich? You better believe it. And we talking I don't about have monetary. dreams of living my life as a poor person. <laughs> America isn't set up for me to live my life as a poor person. God didn't put me on earth to live my life as a, full, as a poor person. But the question is, are you willing to work for it? Are you willing to sacrifice for it? Are you willing to learn something new for it? Are you willing to put yourself all out there? I mean, think about the ridicule. If you think that this is easy, like what P doing and what I'm doing, Try it for one day just for fun and see the hate that comes your way. <laughs> so if it was all about money, I would find a better way to do it. But it's about my passion. But I will make money off my passion and my talent because I don't work for free. See, it's, so, funny, it's, it's funny you say that, too, because, like, and a shout-out to my man Kevin Daines and all the things that we all are doing, you know, We've been talking about the financial seminars that we're doing, and we're going around getting investors because this stuff takes time and it takes money, and we're offering it to the community for free. And we're going to go all over North Carolina, hopefully to branch out to other states about it. I know we're going to hit your neck of the woods, Sonny. And uh, these financial seminars, and this is coming from Kevin, the financial seminars we're setting up will teach people how to preserve their legacy through tax shelters and investments. These are things that are not taught in the school. This is the reason why you guys, if, we, if you hear that we come into your city, if you hear about it, get off your ass, and now this say ass, by the way, get off your ass, bring your kids, or you come out to these seminars and get a little bit of the stuff that we're talking about. It, this is not everyday information, man. You don't hear this. You're not going to be taught this in the school. All people want to do is take from you. We're trying to show you how to take some of that money and invest it, and create something more. Not invest it with us, not spend the money with us or the people we know. It's do something to take care of your own family. Like Kevin said, over 80% of millionaires became successful on their own. It didn't come from their family. It didn't come from hustlers. There's only a small amount of people who get inherited and that grow up with a silver spoon in their mouth and this, that, and the other. Look, I got to go to commercial, and I need to get one of my sponsors in right now. Sonny, when we come back, we still got the Dream Act to talk about. Don't forget, we're going to talk about the Dream Act and a few more things that's going on. So I just want you to hang in there. Bear with me, man, and we're going we're gonna, to uh, get to the Jay-Z stuff and all the hip-hop in just a second. You're listening to WMMG, home of the KRRP radio show. When I was young, me and my mama had beat 17 years old. out on the street. Though back at the time, I never thought I'd see a face. Ain't a woman alive that can take my mama's place. 
Messing up in this winter Is the snow just getting on your last daggone nerves Are you cold and you gotta put on a snuggie in the house? That's not comfortable No, it's not comfortable Are you a grown man wearing your wife's footies? Are they pink? You're scared to go check your mailbox with your wife's footies on And as cold as it is inside As it is outside? Well, I'll tell you what you do If you're looking for a friend Contact Riley Heating and Cooling if your ductwork needs a facelift, Riley Heating and Cooling will facelift your ductwork. Are you getting the most for your dollar? If you're not, Riley Heating and Cooling will make sure you get the most for your dollar. Ask about their five-point inspection service. They have trained professionals that offers 25 years of experience. To contact Riley Heating and Cooling, call 336-263-5111. Again, that's 336 263 5111 and you'll find a friend at Riley Heating and Cooling. Hey, it's if it's Wednesday night at 9:30 p.m. and you got nothing to do, I want you to make some time. Grab your slippers, get your robe on, get some comfortable clothes on, leave your rollers in your hair, and get cozy, real cozy, with a drink in your computer. If you've ever been to a coffee shop before, this is a coffee shop you've never seen before right in the comfort of your own home. Late Night Mike, every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m., starring your host, Katrina Watkins, poet extraordinaire, and the host, Act Right. My man holds it down for purely poetic Late Night Mike poetry show. Hey, if you wanted some good poetry in your life, make sure you log on to www.blocktalkradio.com backslash purely dash poetic. Have you ever been in a situation in warfare? And Jesus Christ is looking for warriors that are willing to fight. We need to leverage our political power and our political interest in both parties. We have the opportunity to talk about how our values work because when they're put in place, when we govern according to those values, they work. If anybody is going to take on Mr. Barack Obama, it's going to be black conservatives. When you push in abortion upon a population, you ask yourself, who's pushing it? Democrats cannot win without the black vote. The Jesse Jackson era is over. Conservatism is neither white nor black. It's what's right. It's what's good. Our community is everyone. This is a kingdom of God movement. When I was in inner city, pastoring, what I saw was the Democratic Party making inner city at that time a social wasteland. Maybe it's you who needs to decide that you want something different and stop waiting for a politician to hand that to you. We are serious about the mission that we have for the Frederick Douglass Foundation, and we stand on three basic pillars, and we don't apologize for it. But we are devoted Christians, first and foremost. We are proud black Americans and active Republicans. There are two issues that are facing our nation today that we don't uh, allow anybody, if they want to get our support, you are pro-life and you believe marriage is composed of one man and one woman at one time. We may not be the organization for you, and that's okay. We're not changing who we are. <laughs> they won't mention, that's the vice chair, when I saw a lot of 
of people that even, even Republicans, they say, wow, we didn't know that. They didn't know that the vice chair of the North Carolina Republican Party is a black man named Dr. Timothy Johnson. Timothy Johnson is also the national cha chairman and founder of the Frederick Douglass Foundation. They don't mention that the KKK was a terrorist arm of the Democratic Party. They just talk about what they did to blacks, but they failed to mention, they forget that one little detail. And, they, and the other thing they won't tell you is that from 1929 to 1974, North Carolina had a eugenics board, and they passed the Sterilization Act, which they forcibly sterilized 7,600 people. Some of them were just eight years old. They don't mention that the Democrats were doing that. Gotta go to the web report that responses to sponsored by, I'm sorry, SoundChew.com. SoundChew, take it away. SoundChew, the number one online music tournament, encompasses seven different genres, including hip-hop, R&B, country, reggae, reggaeton, pop, rock, and gospel. Music artists, log on to SoundChew.com to compete for a chance to have exclusive access to music listeners across the globe. Build relationships with other music artists and music professionals, plus maximize your exposure and gain worldwide attention. Music listeners, log on now to enjoy new music from up-and-coming artists then, vote for the songs you like best to ensure that your favorite artist wins. Also, check out the latest in music news. Music execs and producers, scout music talent to find your next big star. Musicians and voters, sign up for SoundChew today. That's www.soundchew.com. S-O-U-N-D-C-H-E-W. Once again, that's www.soundchew.com, the number one online music tournament. Beautiful day in North Carolina, but right now we're gonna switch over to WMMG and Washington DC, the nation's capital. 80 degrees today, cloudy, 30% chance of rain. Looks like they got a little bit of rain today. 64 degrees is the low and what it is right now. Probably raining in DC with a 60% chance that they've been reporting all day long. Tomorrow, Monday, 81 degrees, raining, 80% chance. Supposed to be raining all day, folks, so you got to put up the grills, put a cover on it. Make sure you got those umbrellas with you just in case it's not raining when you step out at that 9 to 5 in the morning. Got to beat that rush hour traffic, too, as it's raining, folks. You know how that D.C. traffic is. 68 degrees tomorrow night. Rain, 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 please go away. Tuesday, 86 degrees. Supposed to be a nice day, but it's going to be cloudy. 
Thunderstorms all day. 90% chance of rain. 67 degrees. Tuesday night. Rain, rain, rain. Sliding to the other side, to the left coast. L.A., sunny L.A. Shout out to my folks over there. WMMG, KRRP Radio Show in L.A. right now. 70 degrees today. It was cloudy a little bit. No rain. 55 degrees right now. Tomorrow, Monday, 66 degrees. Should be clear with small clouds throughout the evening. 53 degrees tomorrow night. Tuesday should be 68 degrees. That's kind of low for the left coast. 57 degrees on Tuesday night. Slide ahead of North Takalaki. Burlington NCWMMG KRRB Radio Show. 87 degrees. Light showers today off and on. 67 degrees right now is the low. Monday, 90 degrees with a 60% chance of rain. Will be cloudy. 66 degrees right now as we're speaking. On Tuesday, 93 degrees Fahrenheit. Should be cloudy. Tuesday night, 68 degrees and low. Low, 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 low. But no rain, no rain, no rain. Shout out to SoundChew.com. This weather report was brought to you by SoundChew.com. Once again. Sound Shoe, the number one online music tournament, encompasses seven different genres, including hip-hop, R&B, country, reggae, reggaeton, pop, rock, and gospel. Music artists, log on to SoundChew.com to compete for a chance to have exclusive access to music listeners across the globe. Build relationships with other music artists and music professionals, plus maximize your exposure and gain worldwide attention. Music listeners, log on now to enjoy new music from up-and-coming artists, then, vote for the songs you like best to ensure that your favorite artist wins. Also, check out the latest in music news. Music execs and producers, scout music talent to find your next big star. Musicians and voters, sign up for SoundChew today. That's www.soundchew.com. S-O-U-N-D-C-H-E-W. Once again, that's www.soundchew.com, the number one online music tournament. Who got the props? Yo, Sonny, that was that joint right there, baby, back in the days at Black Moon. Shout out to SoundChew.com for the weather report, man. We're back on the line with Sonny Johnson talking about some beautiful things, educating, trying to tell folks what's going on in your community. Not trying to tell you who to vote for, but, you know, some things you need to watch out for, what's going on behind the scenes and behind your biz act. Sonny. Yes. On the line and... I just want to ask you about something that's, uh, I don't know, a lot of people feel very passionate about this. Some people swing either way, both ways. I don't know. It's looking kind of ugly uh, to me what's going to go on with Amnesty and and the DREAM Act. It's looking like uh, we're going to allow a bunch of people whom probably came, whom came illegal, and we're not just talking about the Hispanics. Let's be real clear about that. Um, illegal aliens for the most part, period. It, it's looking like the government is going to allow these folks to remain here as if they're going to grandfather in without going through the proper procedures, but it's looking kind of ugly for them. Um, it's almost like they're going to allow them to come in, but with some very, very strict restrictions, almost like controlled Um what do you what do you think about amnesty and the Dream Act? First of all, I mean, what's going on with that anyway? If you if you know, 
right. I like first. I always like to start off with teaching you something new. You got to think about think about what happened in Africa, as they sold their population off into slavery. What happened to them? They they lacked in science. They lacked in math. They lacked in basic uh, uh, growing with civilization because they sent away. Their people, they sent away their brain, they sent away their ability makers, they sent them away in chains. So it, so Africa didn't develop as fast as, say, other countries would have. And that's the same thing I fear for Mexico, is that if you keep sending more people, your people out of the way, then you're never going to win the war on drugs or the war on crime or the, you know, you're not going to win these wars if your best people are leaving to go to another country. A lot of a lot of Hispanics feel like amnesty is the way to go. A lot of Hispanics say that. Um, and, and man, I, I hate to say a lot because I, I've heard it all different kinds of ways. You know what I mean? I, and I've seen it all different kinds of ways. But a lot of folks really believe that amnesty is the way to go. You know, um, what do you think about that, though? If I was Hispanic. <laughs> If I come from Mexico, I would think it was the best way to go, too. <laughs> I don't blame them for looking out for their own self-interest. But us being Americans, we need to look out for our own self-interest. And as the black community, we really need, we are being replaced. And that's how I feel about the DREAM Act. Now, if you come to America and you go into our military, then I have no, re- no problem with you becoming a citizen. If you're willing to put your life on the line and fight for this country, I have no problem with it. You know, I wanted to go into the military, but I have an illness that prevented it. So, but if you're willing to do that, I, I'm all behind you on that accord. But outside of that, we are not even the second most popular, um, second highest population in the United States anymore. We have, according to the 2010 census, we right. have moved down to the third group. And if we keep with the numbers that we have, we will actually be the fourth group to what I'm thinking is the Ori- um, the Chinese or Asian. the Vietnamese, those kind of areas. That they they're gonna, um, right. Yeah, their numbers are going to surpass us, and we're going to be in fourth place. And if you think that the situation is bad now where you're, not, you're black and you can't get a fair shake, well, what happens when you're the fourth group? I mean, like, who, who talks about Vietnamese rights as we speak right now? Mm. Nobody. Because... No. Yeah, and as we shrink, you will see black issues begin to shrink as well. And I, I point this out. What did Jesse, I mean, you haven't seen Al Sharpton in a while, but last year he was very active. What was he actively doing? Was he actively going out for black jobs? No. Was he actively going out against um, police brutality in the black community? No. What was he going after? He was going where the money is. And he was advocating for um, the illegal um, the illegal alien act or the Dream Act. Uh-huh. That's what he spent his entire year doing last year, and comparing it to civil rights. So we are being replaced, and you can tell it when the poverty pimps like um, Al Sharpton stop with the black issues and start chasing another issue. You best believe they're chasing the money, and. Mm-hmm. They're chasing it in the Hispanic community right now. So look in your black community, and I noticed this a couple of days ago when I was riding through. Look in your black community. If the closest store to you is a Hispanic grocery store, then what do you think is happening to your community? 
We are being replaced, and if we don't wake up, it will not be we are being replaced. We will wake up one day and figure out that we have been replaced. Wow. That's that's uh, that's some strong points right there, but I, I personally, I can't say you're wrong. I think that I think that we need to step up as you know what I'm always saying we need to step up as a people we need to step up as a people and we don't have any any more any longer we don't have any uh I'll say well represented black leaders or community leaders any longer we don't have folks that will give up their all for the betterment of all people other than folks like you me Kevin a few other folks Tim Johnson a lot of other folks who are speaking about some of the things that, that we're talking about and it seems that the community looks at us and they go, you know, they bugging out, man. They, they talking real crazy. Black people, we're going to always be around. We're going to always be relevant, this, that, and the third. But if you look at just some of the things that we used to debate in the forefront, some of the laws that were introduced and some of the things that were argued on for us, they have disappeared. Um, now when you start talking about freedom of speech and freedom of religion, it goes to what's happening in the city council meetings, what's happening in the schools. You're not allowed to pray. Everybody's allowed to pray. Even our president has said we're no longer a Christian nation. And I, and I know this is off off base a little bit, but there's a reason why he keeps saying that over and over and over and over. Yet, I a lot of times I hear black folks saying, you know, well, Barack Obama is, you know, one of our black leaders. But he doesn't speak on black issues. You know what I mean? Right now, and, and I hate to go on this little tangent, but, you know, I got to throw my facts in there, my passion in there. You're talking about 1,876 black babies aborted per day. Um, yet the president supports groups like Planned Parenthood, and I understand Planned Parenthood does more with those funds that they get from the government than just abort babies. But it's the fact that they abort the most black babies, or they abort babies, period, and he supports that agenda. Those are things that we didn't know about before election time, while we were in that vote. Uh, oh, I knew. He well, doesn't knew. just. He doesn't just support abortion. He supports abortion up to um, nine months. You could be a nine-month, I mean, come on. Babies can live in viability at seven months. So you can have a nine-month baby where you are literally about to give birth. And he said it was okay to give abortions. And if you had a botched abortion where they tried to kill the baby but the baby survived, that the doctor was then not allowed to save the baby. So it is just more of an issue of just whether abortion is legal, which I, you know, I am against abortion all the way. But how, even if you are for it, what is your extreme? How far do you say is too far? And how far is too far when you will actually put your vote behind it? And that's kind of the point. And when you hear the president say something like, you know, if my daughter gets pregnant, I wouldn't want her having to live with that mistake. I'm like, that's your grandbaby. And you were like, oh, it's a mistake. Okay, well, my daughter doesn't have to live with the mistake. She can go about her business, and I can keep my grandbaby. You know, (laughs) but for you to just, just say, you know, that's just a mistake, and I wouldn't want, no, man, come on. That is actually your blood, your legacy, your line coming down. How can you find it so easy to have it just dismissed that way? You know, it, so it comes, to me, it if you, um, when you look at, you look like you said, um, I'm finding, though, that I've had a lot of 
conservatives say, you would be so much better if you could just change this, if you would just do this or if you would just do that. But what I found is by me being myself and not trying to change who I am for anyone or anything, that I am getting more blacks to listen. You know, and I hear them say, they'll write to me, and they won't post it on my Facebook or post it on any other sites, but they'll actually, you know, send me in my email, my email, uh, my inbox and say, you know, I don't really believe everything you say, but I like it. Yeah. And I'm like, you like it, but you don't believe it. Hmm. So at least we're getting a headway where it's not like my wall isn't filled with I hate you and die and all, <laughs> you know, all of those things. Yeah. It's more either they remain silent or they're sending me something in my email box and saying, you know, I'm listening to you, you know, kind of giving me that, that, that silent support, which I'll take for a moment, but pretty soon I'm going to get to the point where silent support I don't want. If you can't speak out loud and stand beside me, then don't, don't write stand me and tell all. me I'm for it, you know, no. That's right. I, I've had a, um, you know, I, I was sitting at a table with, let me just put it like this because I'm not even going to put that person out there, but I've had a very uh, a famous, prominent person that I'm sure all of us know. I've had that person tell me and uh, another person that, and this is sad now, he said, but uh, I love what you guys are doing and you guys are making a mark, but that abortion issue, when you start talking to black people about the babies dying and you start showing these pictures and this, that, and the third, like you're losing folks, man, and if you got to decide what you want to do. If you want to, if you want to do it politically, you can win, and there's a way to win because you got the ear of the people. But you got to let go of that abortion issue. And I'm looking at this guy like, you know, are you serious? You know, especially for whom he was, and 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 for lack of a better word, how black he is. You know what I mean? And, and I'm not talking about his color, the color of his skin. I'm talking about the things that he's he's done um, throughout the world. And I found that amazing. Is 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 that really the truth? I mean, is do black people really turn a blind ear to the abortion issue because they support it? No. I, and let me let me you know I I got in on Common a little earlier, but let me come back to him for a minute. Here here you have Common, right? He is very pro life. He right. is very pro family. One man, one woman. He doesn't believe in gay marriage. Right. Um. So on social issues, you would call him a conservative, right? But what the issue is is, does he know the history behind it? Does like I, I I think we give a lot of people too much credit to believe that they actually know, you know? Because I could have told you a couple years ago that I knew, but I didn't know, you know? Same I here. didn't know the truth. And once Same you here. become to know the truth then you can see things a little bit differently. Like when you hear the president say that we've been trying to get this for 100 years, like for the health care bill, well, who is we? Well, 100 years ago it was the progressives. They were the ones in power. These were the people who wanted to terminate black people from America. These are the people who... um who wanted to use the healthcare system to be able to control who could get pregnant, how many babies they could have, so that they could um, pick the bloodlines that they wanted to run throughout America. So when he says we've been doing this for the last hundred years, I mean, come on. But the point is, if you <laughs> don't know that, if you don't know that a hundred years ago what the plan was, then I could see how you could take that position or that stance. 
Like, if you didn't know that Margaret Sanger started it with the intention of cleansing the unfit, or, you know, basically wiping out the black community, I could see how you could say that the abortion issue isn't a big issue to the black community. But once you have that knowledge, then you can't walk away from that. You can't turn your blind eye to that, and you cannot be silent to that. That is the most important thing. I don't care about losing friends. I don't care about votes. I don't care about none of that when it comes to an issue like this because what's happening is, and, and folks will not admit it, but what's happening is we are dying off, and that's why a lot of people are going ahead with these other agendas because they really believe, like Al Sharpton, he probably would never say it publicly, but I think folks really believe that in a few years we won't be relevant, and I think it has a lot to do with what, what's happening to us socially and the lack of, of someone speaking out. And this abortion thing, I mean, how many, what number is too many? You know what I mean? How many people is it going to take? How many babies is it going to take to die before you say, okay, this is too much? Because right now, I mean, it's 2011. And look at us. We've not climbed the chart. We've dropped in the, the, the chart. You know what I mean? So look, take New York, for example. Over 50% of black babies were aborted. More babies were aborted than born in New York State. Well, and if you think about it now, like they um they just had an article out that said that um currently there are more black men in our prison system on parole on parole and probation than there was in slavery at the time of the Civil War. Yeah. So I, I mean, come I mean, at some point, if if you are a die hard Democrat and you're like I'm going to be a Democrat forever or whatever, you've only the black community has only been following the Democratic Party for say about fifty years, fifty years or so, maybe a little and, bit more. And look at look us. what what results you have gotten in those fifty years, where even when. You look back at the videos of the civil rights era, look at the men and women. The men were in suits. The women were in dresses. They walked with their heads high. They they weren't fight um, they weren't fighting amongst each other. Yeah, they didn't leave trash and dirt and litter everywhere they went. They were respectful. They held their heads up high. They marched with a purpose and they marched with a reason. And as soon as the icons died out, as soon as Martin Luther King was gone, as soon as Malcolm X was gone, as soon as those iconic figures were gone and we got Jesse Jackson and we got Al Sharpton and we got those progressive, those black progressives as our leaders, look what has happened to the black community since then. Look how we treat each other. Think about how they had to feel about each other to stand there beside each other while they're being hosed or while they had the dog sicked on them. Imagine what they must have felt for each other to stand beside each other. Where will you find that now in the black community? Mm. You know, and like I said, um, our character is often a reflection of our leadership. Look at who we have chosen to be leaders. We will follow Sharpton rather than follow Jay. I don't I don't understand how how you do that, you know, really. The poverty pimp versus the self made millionaire. Which one do you want to follow? You know what? Switching channels because you know the show was was mainly about 
hip-hop and how it ties in politically, the good, the bad, the evil of both. Um, when you talk about somebody like Jay-Z, whom a lot of a lot of folks say, a lot of Christians say is just evil. You know, they, they say this guy is part of the Illuminati and, you know, you name it, this, that, and the third. It, folks spend so much time talking about that, that Illuminati thing, whether it's true or false, and, and there's nothing out there that supports for or against it, you know, so far as black and white. But let's talk about some of the things that he says in his rhymes. Like, what's something that you feel like Jay has said in his rhymes that that could speak out or speaks for the black community, Sonny? Like, break break down some lyrics for us. We got a lot of MCs listening to the show right now. A lot of people came on. Shout out to, to my man, um, K Hill over here in North Carolina, my man Rapscale, South Carolina. Let us know a little bit about this hip hop, Sonny, politically speaking. Okay, let's start with Jay and, and and realize that there's usually a reason for everything. Nothing happens by coincidence. So why why attack Jay? Why call Jay a devil worshiper? Why call why put him in that realm where that's what we talk about when we talk about Jay? Because if we talk about that, are we talking about capitalism? Are we sure. talking about making money? Are yeah. we are we talking about doing for ourselves and individuality? Or yeah. are we linking him to the devil? And it's just a distraction to get you off. Here is a man who wrote, um, who, and if you haven't heard it, the, the, the verse that he did with Rick Ross in that Illuminati song, that that is like one of the I, I haven't got it memorized on that one, but that was like one of the flyest verses I ever heard. But when he goes, um, when he says like he's like, forgive me for my sins, but the diamonds in my um the diamonds in my watch prove that he has forgiven him. Really? Listen to what this man is saying, where he can say <laughs> sinned, but. God forgave me, and then not only did he forgive me, but he um he enriched me. You know, this is what this man says, and it's all through his raps, where he tells you, I can't say that I never kneel before God and pray for better cause. Sometimes it's no avail. But I never sat back feeling sorry for myself. If you don't give me heaven, I raise hell. This is the man you're talking about that you want to equate to the devil. And the reason they do it is is because they don't want you believing in capitalism. They don't want you believing in making money. Their whole requisite, and remember when I say they who I'm talking about, right, the right, right. whole requisite is to make you live off of less, to make you want less. Capitalism is all about you wanting more, you building up, you having more for yourself. So how do these two philosophies coincide? They don't. But they can't go out and say they're against hip-hop because then you will lose the black community if you did that. So instead what they do is they they break down the icons. They say that the icons are devil worshippers. And then they say people who believe in black theology get invited to the White House. <laughs> wow. Believe it or not, they are picking who they want you to follow, and you should know that by the way, when we say real hip hop isn't on the radio, okay, well, who controls the radio? The liberals, the, liberals, the Democrats, <laughs> all day. Music executives. So if someone, if the music industry is killing hip hop, and the Democrats are the music industry, then why are you still voting for? Them? 
Yet again, another question. Why? You don't like big government, but you vote for them. Um, you don't like the music industry, but you vote for them. You complain about um, black people not being in Hollywood. They're controlled by the Democrats, and you still vote for them. I mean, at what point do you realize that the things you complain about are the things that you wished for when you went to the ballot box? Mm. You know, and, and kind of that's where I feel totally on that one. But you were playing... You played my song, um, one of my favorites. You had You Don't Know, the track yeah. on there earlier. Yeah. Here it is. Here's another difference that's between me and them. I smartened up. I opened the market up. One million, two million, three million more. Four. <laughs> what does that mean? I, I, I realized that the crap that they gave me was crap. So I opened my mind. I expanded. I started my own business. Look what happened. And then it's... Um, and then he goes, and if somebody would have told him that hope was self closing, not in my life, not in this lifetime, wasn't in my right mind. That's another difference that's between me and them. He, you know, it's again, it's that you start that that you can have this business and you can start it up, and after you start it up and you build it up, that you can branch it out, that you can leach it out. And let me tell you how funny God works. Last night I get up about three o'clock in the morning to work, right? And I came and I sat down at the computer, and I was like, you know, I was just out of it, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I went back in my bedroom and laid down for a few minutes with the TV on. So I'm watching Fox News. What comes on Fox News but um, the X-Files interview with Jay-Z? And I sat and I watched this interview, and I heard him say, I built Rockefeller so that when the little kids are growing up, they can say, there is a place for me. There is a place that I belong. In other words, I was I, I did it for the legacy of it. And I heard that interview. I heard him say it, 3.30 this morning or so, and I got up and I went back to work because that is the heart of what we're trying to do, build right. a legacy. Now, if you're trying to build a legacy and you're voting for people who don't think that you should be able to leave an inheritance to your children, then there's a problem. What's your favorite Jay Z verse, Sonny? My oh, fa- I can't help the poor if I'm one of them. So I got rich and gave back to me. That's the win-win. <laughs> What's that mean, though? What's that mean to people who? Oh man, nice, nice. That's a good pick. What What's that mean to people who don't know about hip hop? It should be self-explanatory, though. Um, what is the same thing like in the, in the black community? Name me the name me the person that got rich on food stamps. Mm. You know, name me the person that got acres of land from Section Eight. You know, name me the person that flies around the world and uh, and lives off of their government check. That person doesn't exist. You know, it doesn't exist. We are put in a system that is meant to keep us in our place, for us not to excel. Because as long as you stay in their place, they know how many votes they have. As long as you don't move anywhere, then they know how many votes they can basically depend on. They know which districts are safe. They know which ones they don't have to spend money in, as long as you stay put. But once you move out and you expand your horizons, then... They have to actually go in and fight for your district. They actually have to go in and raise money. They actually have to come in and talk to people. 
And and, and that's what they don't want to do. So right. it is designed to keep you in your place. How do you break that? Do you break that by staying in your place? Or do you break that by saying, all right, not going to play this game? Then you go out, you make your own money, right? Yeah, you take care of your mom. You right. take care of your children, okay? Um, You take care, you know, I ain't saying you take care of your sisters or your brothers because they're grown adults. They should be taking care of themselves. <laughs> but you turn around and you reinvest in those that are close to you that have talent, whether um, they're cooks or whether they're whatever talent it is that they have. You go and you reinvest. You open the barbershop for them. You help them open the studio, whatever it is, something that also helps you to build up your money while you're investing in them, you know. So when you have money that you can go out and actually not pay it in taxes to the government, but to actually have it in your pocket to be able to run across somebody, you can say, oh, that's a brilliant idea. I'm willing to invest in you. Let's get this started. Let's let's do this. I'm going to do it with my money because you have money to do it with. And and that's exactly what it means. If you decide that you want to stay on food stamps, you want to um, stay on Section 8, you want to keep collecting your government check, then do not turn around and tell me that you want to help poor people because you don't. You want to be a poor person that leeches off the system. Do not get it twisted. Is there is there any room for a new wave? Is there any room, or or do you think hip hop will grow back to the state where, because let's say where it belongs, where it really represents us, or where it really represents capitalism, where it really represents the things that we approve of, um, and when we know what we're talking about. And the reason I say that is because you know, like we said before, the mainstream media, the mainstream radio stations are pushing. Uh, what I call clones, and I know how the labels work, being involved with with, uh, the music industry for so long. It's like once we get one, the next label says we need one. So what we have is a bunch of different clones that are talking about, mainly it seems like dance and sex. You know what I mean? Sex sells, and we we learn that through reality TV. Do you think hip-hop would ever get back to the point where the Jay-Zs and even the Ja Rules and the 50 Cents and all these guys were selling talking about the things that they were talking about rather than what's going on today? Well, I put it out I put it out like this and I'm gonna give this a two part answer. A kind of a remembrance and then a kind of we will see. But the remembrance was you remember when um Kanye came out and fifty came out and they had the same drop date. Yeah. Right? And it was the idea of was it gonna be this gangster rap or was it gonna be the more educational and enlightened rap? So was it gonna be fifty or was it gonna be Kanye? Kanye crushed fifty. So you cannot tell me that we don't know what we want and what is best for us. Now, the moment that that we will tell about hip what hip hop will be is when I think J. Cole, which is a um, North Carolina native, but I think that w- it will be the moment when J. Cole drops his record. If J. Cole drops his record and it does the numbers that no one else is doing in today's economy, all right, then you will get a clear-cut message that we know what's good. We know. And and I, I am a big fan. Like, I, I try to quote Cole, but, you know, not too many people know him. Sure. Right now, but this is the man. This is the man that says, um, um, 
I'm talking about the revolution because I am Paul Revere. I'm waiting to see if he Paul Revere or if he's one of them <laughs> people that's behind closed doors but don't want to get on the horse when it's time to ride. So, like I said, we will see um, when Cole drops out, when J. Cole albums drop, um, J. Cole's album drops, um, what what the hip-hop world is really inclined to and what we're going to be. But I do have to put this out there real quick uh-huh. because when Soldier Boy came out, I was disgusted. I'm trying to tell you beyond any any imagination <laughs> whatsoever. I was disgusted when Soldier Boy came out, but um, he when he came out with swag on, and he says, um, "Why you mad? I ain't do nothing but get this money and put my guys on. Why you hating on me?" I had to catch myself. Yeah. At that moment, upon hearing that, because here you have a, a, a young black boy okay. that could have chose drugs, could have chose gangs, could have chose violence. Instead, he chose a computer in his basement, and he built it himself, and he marketed himself on YouTube, and he became the phenomenon by and of his own making. Yeah. So, so like I, like you said earlier, I can say that the music ain't for me. But I will give him props for the way he did it. And and that's the spirit that we have. And it's not just in music. If we find that spirit in science and we find that spirit in math and in technology and all of these other fields, then not only will we save ourselves, but we will save this entire country. Mm. That Now that's powerful right there. That's definitely powerful. Even for the music that we don't like, you can break it down and hear Sonny. Sonny, on, on, arguing the other side, a lot. Of, I think more people will listen to the content of hip-hop if the negatives weren't glorified so much. Like a lot of people hear only one or two songs because truly you have to put something out that grabs the people. And it seems like ignorance is the only thing that grabs the people on the major forefront. Um, behind the scenes, you get songs like, you know, Swag On. And I'm surprised that song really came out, but it had more negative than positive in it. You just really had to dissect it and understand what the man was saying. It's like, today the songs are fun. You know what I mean? So it's easy for anybody to listen to it now because most music that is out now is, is let's just be frank, is, is most of it is nonsense. So they will allow the nonsense to continue, but when you bring people like Jay and they start talking about, you know what I mean, I just had the balls to do this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly. You know, or I will not lose. Yeah. So But this is this is it. And and yet again, I, I gotta keep saying it's like warning to the black community, big flashing warning signs, okay? You can't if you don't how can someone be a philosopher if they don't study the philosophy of others? You know, you can believe in something, but if you don't, like, read those who come before you, then you kind of don't know where your pivot points are, or you can't go back and say, you know, I got this idea from, but this is what I think of it. And, you you know, you have no point of reference if you don't um, go in and have a, a philosopher. And that's the point, I think, uh, of where we are, is that, in our community, they we aren't taught philosophy. When we if we are taught any history whatsoever, 
like about Booker T, you would be taught, you know, when he was like he was born in Virginia, he was a slave. You know, that's kind of what you get, but you don't get the philosophy of that a man must learn to feed himself before he goes into his craft. So it's okay for you to want to be a lawyer, but you must be able to feed yourself before you can go to law school. So that those philosophies, those ideas aren't being taught. So how could then how could it then be related into our um into our music, into our culture if we're not learning them? You know, if we learn the dates that someone was born or or if we if we learned the fact that Car- like Carver, um, George Washington Carver and the peanuts and the soybeans. Yay, he's such a good guy. Well, did he tell you that he locked himself in a room? That they- <laughs> to no, him- they don't put that out there at all. See, they don't tell you to put, they want you to, oh, this is what he did. Well, how did he do it? He did it with determination. He did it with sacrifice. He did it with just that I, I had the ball to do it, like you said. That was his philosophy, but you don't learn those philosophies. So then how can you relate them if they're not taught to you? Or you don't go out and seek the knowledge themselves because I'm self-taught. So it's very possible for you to go out and seek the knowledge yourself. But if it's not presented to you or you have no awareness of it, then how can you translate it into your art form? And I think that that's what the biggest problem is. And what ends up happening is that then they, then they want to turn around and blame hip-hop for the problems that are in the black community. Well, hip-hop was a renaissance, in case you didn't know. Uh, a renaissance is nothing more than um, a revival or a, um, a revival of intellectual or art- artistic achievement, meaning that you switch up your 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 the way you do things. Now we had to switch up when we went into hip hop because we we were complaining about our projects which came from the Democrats. We were complaining about the poor school system which the Democrats had just taken over. We were um complaining about um the we did the projects, the uh, food stamps which the Democrats had started to um had just put into place. These were the things that we were complaining about. When, when hip hop came out, all these democratic policies. But the problem was, we weren't learning in school that they were democratic policies. So when you're complaining about it, but you don't know the cause of it, then it's hard to relate the two. But look at it. Who's the party that wants you on food stamps? Who's the ones that um, keep making more and more? How many black men do you know are that who were 18? who went to jail for possession of a handgun. It was their first offense, and they went to jail because they had a handgun. Well, at the age of 18, you are legally able to get a handgun. But most black people in the black community don't Mm -hmm. look at it like, I can legally go and get one. Now, for you ones who have dirt on your mind, I'm glad you got arrested. But for those who just know that the community that you live in, that you need to be able to protect yourself, you went out and got a gun. Though that isn't a, that should not be a punishable offense a because fit, it is yeah. in our constitution to have the right to bear arms. But if you're not taught these things, if these things aren't presented to you, then you go out and you get an illegal gun, then you get arrested and get thrown in jail. So it, it comes a point where you can't blame hip hop 
for the problems in our community. They're much more blamed on the politicians and the leaders, but if we're going to blame the politicians and the leaders, then we must blame ourselves for putting them in a position of power. I could go for that. Full, full Negro dialect, Sonny. What what made you do the site called Full Negro Dialect? Well, I was lucky enough. Um, if you know, I was in Fire from the Heartland, and I got to spend some time talking with um, the, the the director, Steve Bannon. And after um, after the interview, he was like, "A lot of people are going to try to change you. A lot of people are going to tell you what you should be, what you could be, and what you ought to be." He said, "Don't." Let them do it. Remember to stay who you are. Do not let them take away from you that which is great. Okay? And this is a white man. And I'm talking to him like I'm talking to you now. Sure, of You know, because that's how I do it with everybody. Um, and he told me that, and I was like, okay. And so then when you get out in the world, and especially when you start having black conservatives, like, stab you in your back because... You choose to talk about hip-hop, or you choose to quote Jay-Z rather than Ronald Reagan, which I do quite often. But, sure. but when, you, when, you, when, you, when you get that first initial stab in your back, especially from uh, another black conservative, I just got to that point where I was like, you know what? Bump it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what Jay told me to do. I'm going to be, I'm going to never change. This is star all day, every day. You get what you, you know, you get what you see. Nothing more, nothing less. And that's what full Negro dialect is. I I have no intention of ever wanting to be like a New York elite. If you give me the choice between Martha's Vineyard and you know Freaknik, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know all day long. You yeah. give me a chance to vacation anywhere in America. I want to go to Atlanta. I want to go to Miami. You know wherever I go, it's going to be a population of black people. You know, and, and that's just the way it is. So why should I be anything other than that when it comes to politics? And maybe that's the reason why conservatives lose is because they think we have to fit into this one little mold or, or model, and that has to be the way it is. Well, I'm sorry, that's not the way it is. I am who I choose to be, and my voice speaks for itself. If you want to fight with me, I'm here. I don't run from them. <laughs> I could dig that. Well, um, so the last video that she did, the um, the did she say that the moment of clarity? You know, speak about that a little bit because I I thought that was extraordinary. You know, the way you first of all your speech that you did, uh, I don't know where you were when you did the the Ronald Reagan and and you broke down the Ronald Reagan speech and the Jay Z and you put that together. I thought that was that was astonishing to me. I've never seen anything like that in my life. Probably never will unless you do it again. But Explain what was going through your mind when you did that, and 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 if you can, uh, recite a little bit of that speech for the people. Well, the the whole thing was the idea that, um, like I said, I quote Jay instead of quoting Reagan. I could quote Jay and say the same thing that Reagan said, right? But in the black community, if you quote Reagan, it falls on deaf ears. If you quote Jay, they're like, yeah, that's my favorite verse. So. Yeah. I was like, you know, it's either the point where you're going to start looking at the Democratic Party funny or you're going to start looking at hip-hop funny because I don't see how you can do both. You know, in my opinion, 
the same thing that us as conservatives are saying is what you will find in the good hip hop, the decent hip hop. You know, not the raunchy, you know, yeah. hip hop uh, uh, that the liberals push out there, sex, drugs, and all of that. But um, when I did Reagan and Jay, I did it in front of an all white audience. I did all all white older audience, and. The reason I did that particular one is because I'm tired of of white people saying that, you know, they don't like hip-hop or they can't understand how I'm a conservative and I like hip-hop, or they're saying, they keep asking, how do we reach out to the black community? Well, my answer is always, know something about the black community. If you know something about Reagan, then you know something about the black community. You just don't know how to connect the dots. So I would like to be the one to help you connect the dots, you know, and and that's really what I went into doing. And this was a political event. This was actually for a candidate where I actually went and did this. And I also, um, the Tea Party groups that have me come and talk to them, uh-huh. I do this thing when I talk to them. I talk to them about hip-hop and about the black culture. And these, like I said, are older white Americans, but they keep inviting me back. So I know that I'm doing something right in that sure, aspect. Indeed. True indeed. Well, how do you tie, I mean, how could one tie politics into music? Like, you know, so far since we're talking about Jay-Z, how could you tie those two together? Like, give me an example of what you mean when you say tie those two together. I, I would, like, I wish I had my notes from that from that one in front of me so I could, because, um, like, I know most, like, I, like when I did the, um, the Jay-Z one, that's the difference between me and them. Well, Ronald Reagan says, who could, you know, um, that the American, basically, I'm paraphrasing here because I don't have it in front of me, but basically um, the American system is built on small business. You know, an individual's ability to create and to prosper in a small business. And and when I like that Jay quote is, that's the difference between me and them. I smartened up. That's what he means. It means that one individual person can change the flow of our economy. Like, think what Bill Gates did with Microsoft. You know, it only takes one person to change the entire flow of our economy. And if you're willing to do it, that one person can be you. And look at Jay. Look look at Jay and look what happens when you make it up in in your mind that that one person will be you. You know, and not somebody else. But it also goes into the aspect of right now where you have our federal government um, spending money that they that they don't have. Going back to I'll tighten my belt before I beg for help. We're going to China how, um, begging them. We're giving them technology. We're letting them um, mess with and harass our friends over in their area of the world because we have to beg them for money instead of doing the good thing and tightening our belt and cutting, okay? So if you're black and you and you love that verse from Jay, but when they're talking about the economy and cutting down our debt, you say, oh, no, they just, what do you mean? See, how can you like Jay when he says, I'll tighten my belt before I beg for help, but then you can support a government that always has its hand out, you know? And that's kind of my point. And yet again, so when it goes with 
um, you and your money and how you spend it and how you invest it. When you say, when Jay say, ain't nothing on my clothes but my chain, my name, what does that mean? His chain. That's I, gold. Yeah, I, That's I like gold. How... Do you know the difference between gold and the dollar right now? The dollar is sinking. Gold is rising. <laughs> that, okay? made, that made me think about something he said when in, um I, I think it was, I think it was 99 problems. He was like, uh, um, I got the rap patrol on the gap patrol. Foles that want to, what do you say? Foles that want to make sure my casket closed. Rap critics say it's money, cash, holes. I'm from the hood, stupid. What kind of facts are those? If you grew up with holes in your zap patrol, yeah, come on. Yeah. <laughs> so if you grow up poor, what makes you want to stay poor? And if you grew up poor, then you should be learning how to not be poor, you know, and yet again, um, when we were talking about the difference between individual salvation and mutual salvation, um, Jay said, what you eat don't make me shit. Yeah. What does that mean? That means that what I do is not going to really affect your life. And the hating that you do or whatever it is that you do isn't going to affect my life. Because that's individual salvation. Each one of us is responsible for our own decisions, our own choices in life. And these are the things that Jay talked about, and these are the conservative principles that I'm based on, um, that I base myself in. And I just don't understand how we are at the point where every single, like, okay, this is another one, and this is going to be my video for next week, but I'll kind of tease it um, tease it out a little bit. Um, hater, right? Yeah. Who who likes to be who is a who willingly admits that they are a hater? Right? Who says I'm a hater and happy about it? <laughs> Nobody. Nah. But but when it comes to seeing people like you or like me that are doing something different, your first inclination is to hate. So, I mean, what what they do is they make you go against the very nature of every single thing you believe in That's because right. they've pushed us in school that if we don't have the Democratic Party, then as we black have... people will fail to exist. Well, look what's happening while we are under full control of the, uh, of the um, Democratic Party. And that's the thing that I'm saying. Either... Either find out which philosophy is more in sync with you, the philosophy of someone like Jay-Z or the philosophy of someone like Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton, one of them. Which one is closer to you? Because I remember even it when Jay said, um, 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 if you fix our school, um, if, the problems, if, if the problems in our school no longer exist, that's when I'll stop saying bitch. And that's when he was talking about Al Sharpton. So that even tells you how they feel about each other yet. And still, they're both on the same side when it comes to a vote. Right. And I'm like, those are some major um, principles to have as a disagreement for you still to vote the same. How should we... Well, let me ask you this, Sonny. What... what what do you feel like? Are, are you ever going to run for office? Do you desire to run for any office? Because I know you said, you know, you weren't thinking about running for no office, this, that, and the third, but I think you should, and there's a number of other people behind me, people that are ready to put money where their mouth is, and, you know, it's all about that guap. You know, Obama got a billion dollars so far as the presidency is concerned, but have you ever considered running for public office, and if so, which one and why? 
this is funny. About two or three weeks ago, I actually had the Attorney General of Virginia, Ken Cuccinelli. I mean, he's getting a lot of, a lot of national fame because he um, brought about the health care bill um, yeah. to stop Obamacare. Yeah. And I actually, I'm sitting on my couch, and my phone rings, and Ken Cuccinelli actually calls. And he's like, hi, Sonny, this is Ken, Ken <laughs> Cuccinelli. And I'm Shout like, out to Cuccinelli, man. <laughs> yeah, and I, look, look, I, I'm like sitting there with, like, you know, this deer in headlights, like, did the attorney general of the state of Virginia just, like, call my phone, like, what's up? What up? You know, <laughs> and, and he was like, um, you know, we really want you to run for office. We have, a, we have a place for you, and we want you to run for office. And my whole point goes back to this. Can I talk like this? Can I speak like this? Uh, uh, and, and this even goes to my black people. Would you vote for a black person that talked like me or spoke like me? And if not, then do you really want representational government or what do you actually think about your own intelligence level? Being if you think that you talk like me, you can't be intelligent. You can't know what's going on. So that's, that is kind of the purpose for full Negro dialect, to be able to get people to understand we are more intelligent than what they give us credit for and that we need to stop looking at their opinions of us and start forming some opinions of our own. I will put my knowledge up against anyone's knowledge, talking just the way I talk. So you can take me as a joke and say, oh, well, she talks with four. Yeah, I do it on purpose because I can. <laughs> I hear that. I like, I love that. That's what's up. I definitely but in, in the instance, come at me with a fact that you think that I can't back up. You know, come at me with, with something that you think that I don't know. And if I don't know it, I'm not one that's going to be like, well, you know, try to be my, BS my way through it. I'm one who will tell you I don't know it, but come back to me tomorrow and I will have a fully validated opinion because I will go and find it out. And that's the that's the kind of thing that we need to do. And I I won't say that I will never run for office. I will say that when black people look at the hip hop culture and find value in it and acceptance in it and they could back my candidacy, then I would run for office. And what office would that be? I want to be, if any office I could have, I would like to be mayor of Richmond. Go back to my hometown, and if you have to start somewhere, start where your heart is. Start at home. Start at home. I feel that. Same here, Sonny. I'm going back to Wide Awake. Wide Awake. You heard it, baby. I'm coming home. Coming <laughs> home. <laughs> Check this out. Real quick, though, before we end the show, we got like 13 minutes remaining, and I just, I just want you to explain a little bit about full Negro dialect. And the first initial video you put out about Harry Reid, I know you went into it a little bit, and I kind of cut you off, and we went left and right. But it's not going to be all talking about Harry Reid. It's going to be more to it than that. So give the people a little bit of, of what they can be expecting and how often they can be expecting it. Oh, you can best believe you won't be hearing about Harry Reid. Because <laughs> um, that's not, even though he is the inspiration for it, I, I don't waste my time focusing on them. I'd rather focus on the, the people in my community. I'd rather focus on on the black situation and what's actually happening in America. And um, that's where I tend to focus all my attention. And in the, um, in the upcoming videos, what I'm going to do is I'm going to lay out kind of the history. And like how I said that we don't have the philosophy, I'm going to lay out some of our philosophers. 
um, from the past and kind of put their ideas, what they thought and what they were, out into full Negro dialect so that it's understandable and, you know, that you can actually get something from it other than what day they were born. And in addition to that, it'll also be to, to I, what I say is that it is the home of um, the God-fearing, um, God-fearing, money-making, fried chicken eating, great soda drinking, electric sliding, um, spade playing, freedom loving, unashamed and outspoken new school black conservatives. Okay, and what that means is you don't have to change who you are. And I think that that is what I mean. It petrifies a lot of us to think that. We don't want to be the snobs. We don't want to be the elites. You don't have to be those things. Look at, when they tell you to look at the tea party, and you look at the tea party, there's always a whole bunch of, like, country folks there. Yeah, you know, they don't proclaim to be the smartest people. They don't proclaim, all they proclaim is to be Americans willing to fight for their country. And we can do the exact same thing. And maybe we'll have different policies that we want to push or different policies that we want to fight for. That's okay because all politics are local. So if you live in a majority black community, it is no problem having your issues brought to the forefront if you go out and work for it. Mm -hmm. So that's that's what I want with Full Negro Dialect. It's not about Harry Reid. It is about us. It is about the black community. It is about the things that they haven't taught us. It's about the things that we don't respect about ourselves. And it's also about presenting a picture to all of America and the rest of the world, especially with the way the social media is today, about how you overcome what is currently taking over the world, this idea that, it needs to be run from the top down, or this idea that there are certain people who know better than the rest of us. We need to realize that we need to be the ones making our decisions for ourselves because at least that way we can sleep at night. At least that way we don't have to complain all the time. At least that way we can say that we actually got what we wished for. You know, and right now it's not many of us who can say that you voted for hope and change and you got it. Sonny, a lot of people, a, a lot of folks have asked me. I, I know one person in particular, and shout out to, uh, shout out to my girl Deonda, Deonia, Deona. I call her Didi Noeve. I think that's her name, or Nevue, Neve or something like that. I can't get it right. I apologize if I got it wrong. Who's also a, um, a black presidential candidate? She, she's throwing her name in the hat. And uh, she's probably running on a smaller ticket, maybe not on a, the bigger ticket like up the Herman Keynes and the Ron Paul, um, you know, those guys. But she asked me a question. She said, um, I'm trying to remember how to put it, but she asked me, was my show for everybody? Or was it totally based and totally talking about the black community? Um, how do you feel about that? When people come at you and they say, uh, Sonny, you know, I understand what you're saying, but there's more than just black people out here. Why do you speak so passionately about the black community? Um, you know, is that your only focal point? I say it like this. You have um, the white conservatives have Hannity. You have Rush. You have Levin. You have Laura Ingram. You have Michelle Malkin. They are well covered on that front of having um, conservatives that uh, speak to them, you know, where are our black conservatives that speak to us? Okay? And the whole point is 
I don't listen to Rush. I don't listen to Levin. I catch Hannity every now and then on Fox News, but I like the last part when he has the panel. But I don't pay attention to them because if you ever if you ever listen to them, and I tried, but they'll be like, and that old Harvey Whitman movie, and you're like, who's her who? I don't know what movie you're talking about because it's not something that I can relate to. It's not something that I grew up watching. Now, if I can tell you, it's sort of like what uh, Miss Shug and Hoppo did, then you're like, oh, okay, because now I understand. That is the point that I'm trying to reach is that you have cultural people that answer the white conservatives. Why can't black conservatives have that same voice? Now, I am multi-talented, so don't believe that I cannot get before a white crowd and turn it on when, you know, the need calls for it. Because when I need to be more refined and have more class, it's totally within my repertoire to do so. But (laughs) it's like this, I mean, why can't I have a conversation with with Pete? You know, you're not, uh, you know, some person where I have to, you know, have a stuffy shirt on to talk to. Why no, can't no, I no. have this conversation with you? Well, I, you know, I think, I think furthermore, though, I, I think it's needed. Like, I don't, I don't think that there are black people out there covering the issues like we are. I don't think there are black people that feel that passionate and that are talking about the things that we're talking about. For the most part, you get a few black people talking about a few ideas that are thrown in the media, and they talk about it until they're blue in the face, and it does not really represent home. You don't have folks talking about what we can do to better our own lives, how we can invest our own money, what we can save on. I mean, just minor things, just small things. You know what I mean? And, and you just don't get that. You don't have people talking about the history of blacks or how our community can uplift itself. And you don't have black folks hardly talking about conservative or libertarian. You, don't, you just don't have that, not for my walk of life. Because so, all you have them talking about is race. They have you stuck on a checkerboard. You know, you have the big dogs, the elites are over at the big kids' table playing chess, and they have you over here on a checkerboard talking about black and white. They're making decisions and ruling the world, and you're over here, oh, the white people don't like us. It, 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 it is so you will never wake up. It is so you don't see What's what they're really doing on? to you right in front of your face. Right. And and that's kind of the point, but I want to shove it out there where it's right in front of your face. Here it is. You can hate me, but if you're going to hate me, you're going to hate uh hip hop. You're going to you're going to turn away from God. You're going to hate the black people that live next to you that want to do something with their lives. You know, and you can keep on going ahead and ignoring history if, you know, if you want to repeat history. But to me, I think it's more people out there that are yearning for something different. There are more people who are saying we're tired of burying our kids. We're, we're tired of burying our nephews. We're, we're tired of sending commissary. You know, we're tired of the um, collect phone calls. The bell people, We're just tired. Yeah. And, and that's the point is when you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, then that requires action. So we're at the point of action now. If you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, then come join me in full Negro dialect. Keep up with um, Pudgy. Check out our own cab. There's a lot of us that are out there, and we're starting to get our voices out because we are not represented in any facet. We're not represented. Tell me a Democrat that looks and dresses and talks like you. 
can't, I can't name one. Because even on the Democratic Party, we are not represented. And that's why we have no value in our political process. So like I said, I will run for office the day that I can, as you see me in most of my speeches, I can wear my apple bottoms. I can wear, you know what I'm saying? I can wear my big hoop earrings. Yeah. I can do these things and still be deemed respectful and intelligent and able and worthy to have your vote. That's when we will get a government that works for us, when we actually have one that is actually representational of what we believe. I think that's clearly stated, man. Um, We got three minutes in the show. I'm going to close the show out here in just a second. Sonny, it's been beautiful, man. I, I don't know that I've ever had a show where we cover this many issues, probably one or two, but where we cover this many issues and put out this many definitions so listeners could, listeners could understand what we were saying. You know what I mean? They could they could really join the conversation when they hear a word thrown out there and know what they mean and can actually research what we're saying, go back and Google it or, or whatever you get, Wikipedia it or whatever you got to do to bring this type of conversation to other people, you know, because if you're listening to the show, and you've been listening, and, and or maybe you logged on long, I want you to go back, krpradioshow.com, go back and listen to the whole show if you can. You know, this will be this will not be a waste of your life's time. I want you to listen to the show and tell somebody else about it. You know, learn one definition a day. Learn what libertarian is. Learn what conservative is. And you'll be shocked to realize that a lot of these things really represent you. And you'll be shocked to understand that you're probably more you're probably 90% conservative and maybe 10% liberal on some issues. I don't know, maybe 100%. Who knows? But it's important to know who you are and what your day-to-day things mean defined politically. So when you go to the voter booth, you can actually vote for the people who stand, who best represent you, who best represent you. Maybe not all the way, but who best represent you. Um, Sonny, any shout-outs? Um, always a shout out to you and I'm always yeah. open. I got my email, you can catch me on Facebook. Contact me. If you got questions, believe me, I won't I try I don't try to rule or to tell you what to think. But if you have questions, if you wanna know, if you don't understand something I said, I'm open. You know, this isn't about me, this is about what we're all gonna do together. So like I said, how many chances do you miss by just not taking them? So contact me, ask me the questions. Don't come with me with no hater BS because I will ignore the crap out of you. But if you got something real that you want to say, a question or anything like that, I'm open to it. So I give a big shout-out to all the people that take advantage of opportunities when it's presented to them. Man, how can, how can I get in touch with you, Sonny, real quick? Um, You can find me, like I said, you can find me on Facebook at just Sonny Johnson. You can Twitter me at SunSkyStar, or you can email me directly at star, period, fnd at gmail.com. All right, y'all heard it right there, man. We've been on with Sonny Johnson. Sonny, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate you, man. One love. You know anything for you, P. Keep it real. All right, always, man. KRRP Radio Show. Y'all know what it is. You've been listening, man, on the air with Sonny Johnson. Big shout-out to her. Make sure you guys check out that full NegroDialect.com. Also, make sure you hit me up on Twitter, at symbol K-I-R-P Radio Show, at symbol N-C Pudgy. Let's talk about it, man. If you don't agree with it, let's talk about it. Let's talk it out and see what we do. Maybe I won't change. Maybe I will. I really doubt it because, you know, I've researched what I believe, but, you know, maybe you should research what you believe. I don't know. 
Um, shout out to all the people. Kevin Daniels from the Frederick Douglass Foundation. My man, Tim Johnson, running for NCGOP chair. That's a black man, by the way, folks. Got a black conservative in the House in the Republican Party, so let's see what he's going to do. He's been running. Some great things have happened. He's going to run again for vice chair, so let's do what we do, man. Shout out to all the people out there. Shout out to my man, Tom, for that book he just released. Also, shout out to you, all the people who's been listening to the show, KRP Radio Show. I appreciate you, man, for what you've been doing. I appreciate the folks over at SoundChew.com, my people over there at uh, Late Night Mike every Tuesday night, every Wednesday night, I'm sorry, 9.30 p.m., listen to Late Night Mike. They will be on the air. And you know how we do it. Every Sunday, 8 p.m., KRP Radio Show. Y'all know how we do, man. We will not stop. We're going to keep it rocking. We're going to keep talking about the issues. We're never going to be ignorant. We do respect your issues. We do respect your wishes. Hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com backslash KRRP Radio Show. Also, hit us up on uh, YouTube. Hit us up on YouTube, man. Just search it, KRRP Radio Show. We get ready to take it out of here with that Tupac, man. You know what? I'm going to end the show with another Tupac joint that we call um, a song that we all know. A nice song, you know. Shout out to Tupac, man. Shout out to B.I.G. I wish them brothers are still here. Every Sunday, folks, 8 p.m. till 11, sometimes 8 to 9, sometimes 8 to 10. Depends on how I'm feeling and where I am. Coming to a community center near you with Frederick Douglass Foundation. We're going to do some great things, man. We got these seminars coming up. If you see the post on Facebook, make sure you comment on the folks, all right? Shout out to all the folks. Well, I appreciate it. When I was young, me and my mama had beef. Seventeen years old, kicked out on the street. Though back at the time, I never thought I'd see a face. Ain't a woman alive that could take my mama's place. Spending from school, scared to go home. I was the fool with the big boys breaking all the rules. Said tears with my baby sister. Over the years, we was bored and us a little kid. And even though we had different daddies, the same drama when things went wrong, we blamed mama. I reminisce on the stress I caused, it was hell, hugging on my mama from a jail cell. And who's thinking elementary? Hey, I see the penitentiary one day, running from the police, that's right. Mama catch me, put a wolf into my backside. And even as a crack fiend, mama, you always was the black queen, mama. I finally understand, old woman, it ain't easy trying to raise a man. You always was committed, a poor single mother on welfare. Tell me how you did it, there's no way I can pay you back. But the plan is to show you that I understand. You all appreciate it. Tell us it was fair No love for my daddy Cause the coward wasn't there He passed away And I didn't cry Cause my anger Wouldn't let me feel For a stranger They say I'm wrong And I'm heartless But all along I was looking for a father He was gone I hung around with the thugs And even though they sold drugs They showed a young brother love I moved out Started really hanging I needed money of my own So I started slanging I ain't guilty Cause even though I sell rocks it feels good putting money in your mailbox I love paying rent when the rent's due I hope you got the diamond necklace that I sent to you Cause when I was low, you was there for me You never left me alone because you cared for me And I can see you coming home after work late 
in the kitchen trying to fix us a hot plate. Just working with the scraps she was giving. And mama made miracles every Thanksgiving. But now the road got rough, you're alone. Trying to raise two bad kids on your own. And there's no way I can pay you back. But my plan is to show you that I understand. You all appreciate it. And dear mama. Mama, I can always depend on my mama And when it seems that I'm hopeless You say the words that can get me back in focus When I was sick as a little kid To keep me happy, there's no limit to the things you did And all my childhood memories Are full of all the sweet things you did for me And even though I act crazy I gotta thank the Lord that you made me There are no words that can express how I feel You never kept a secret Always stay real, and I appreciate how you raised me, and all the extra love that you gave me. I wish I could take the pain away. If you can make it through the night, there's a brighter day. Everything will be alright if you hold on. It's a struggle every day, gotta roll on. And there's no way I can pay you back, but my plan is to show you that I understand. You all appreciate it. Yeah, mama. 